home. <laughs> to wrestling is hard, where every side is the dark side of the ring. First up is the man responsible for AW, Brandon. Hello. Jim, what up? Brandon, Yelling I have to thank you. I have to thank you. I had the most delicious meals for two days of fresh tune, tuna, straight out of the Atlantic Ocean. Fantastic. Chef's kiss. Thank you very much. What did you make, Jim? Curious what you did with it. I just uh, salt, pepper, and then uh, turn it once. Medium rare, sliced. And then the sides make it, you know. I had a cucumber. We sliced cucumbers, and I made like a dressing of basil, mint, lemon, olive oil, white wine vinegar, salt. And spread it across the whole thing. Delicious. Fantastic. Delicioso. My wife was very happy. Glad to hear it. We we threw so much so much of that stuff out last year. I do. I still feel terrible about it. So I'm glad I was able to get some to you, and it was consumed and not wasted. I remember last year I hit you up about it, and it was COVID. So <laughs> I had pizza. Chris, how was your meal? Oh, next up is the man assigned a test of NXT. Chris. <laughs> it was pizza. I put in the bag and froze from like last week. I heated it up. Nice. Was it a uh, Santucci's uh, a brick? No. Oven? Oh. Fucking shit. <laughs> Fuck that. 30-some dollars for a fucking pizza. Give me a break. I only get Papa John's. <laughs> only a shack delivers it dressed with gray hair. Racist as Papa John. He's no longer there anymore. Oh, he's not racist anymore? No, he's not there. Shaq's the, the, Shaq is the guy in his position. Oh, he bought it? Yeah, he's like the head something or other on a team. They bought that guy out. That guy's gone. John, Papa, that was actually John. Mm-hmm. He was everybody's dad. Did you know that? Hence his name, Papa John. Chris, did you know that? Chris, we get, what do you got going on in your life right now? <laughs> Nothing. Oh, it's funny you asked about mine. So, um, <laughs> so I, I, I get no tuna and I get no real question about how my life's going. This is great. Jersey. Thank you, Jersey. Thank you. <laughs> so I um, I woke up today. I go outside to check on my lovely flowers that I planted. They're doing wonderfully, by the way. Thanks for asking. And I look, and my gate, my side gate is ajar, and the door is open. It's usually closed. So I take a little walk through, a little trot through my little alley, and I notice on the ground I see a footprint the circular footprint of a basketball shoe. Do you know what I'm talking about? You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Could be an Air Force One. Could be. Could be. A, could be a Chucks. Which, believe it or not, were once considered a basketball shoe. But they were the basketball shoe at one point. So I walk around the yard to see if anything's gone, because now I think now I know someone's been back there. And I text my wife and I say, Hey, did you like weirdly go in the yard for some reason from the front door when you left? No. She checks the footage because we have video cameras. Some weird dude that looks like, I don't know, like he probably is my age, but he looks 10 years older than me. Kind of looks like me. Like junkie. 20 years older than you, Jim. 20 years older than me. I saw the picture. But I mean, like he's he could be any age because drugs and and twisted teas and no water and cigs. 
He just walked into my backyard. Walked right in. He's wearing Adidas. Yes, I sent you the picture, Chris. Explain yeah, it. Explain to the listeners what, 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 how he looks. Um, so he looks like he's got a moon head. Um, so he doesn't look like and that. He's, so he doesn't look anything like he, The only thing he looks like he is he's got like a widow's peak, but he's actually bald in the back as well. And he's poorly shaved head. And he has glasses. That's the only the only parallel that I you can draw to you. Head. And he also nah, has, he has a white beard. Short hair. Uh, it's yeah, but it's got some kind of I'm sure very uh, dope and uh, not um, slightly racist at all print on the front of it. And um, he is quite he's quite svelte. I'll give him that. Yes. Uh, his pants look like they're clean. And, um, yeah, and he's walking next to a rubber glove in the middle of the street. So and, this and is... a pile of dog shit. So, um, <laughs> so he goes in my yard and, you know, I, my wife texts, you know, she's sending me pictures of, cause I can't get on the cameras. I don't know why, but besides the point, she, he walks back out and as you watch the video, she showed me the video later. Some dude like follows him and tells, I think he yells at him and tells him, what are you doing? So at first we thought we were being robbed or staked out, right? Then I give him the benefit of the doubt. I don't know why. Why would you give this person the benefit of the doubt? I'm thinking, maybe no. he got locked out of his house. You know, maybe he lost his keys. He wanted to hop across the fence and into someone else's yard, and there you go. But that's ridiculous. But now we're kind of thinking that he was so fucked up that he walked into our yard thinking it was his because he was only in there for a split second. But that didn't stop me. That didn't stop me from... Going completely insane today. I uh, walked around the house with my sword for a little bit, looking for revenge. <laughs> then, um, then I. Wait, something? the best way. Wait, wait, hold on. I got a better question. Yes. If anybody wants to get into the mind of Jimmy, here's a question for you. Which one? Oh, uh, the razor blade <laughs> one, the really sharp one. Okay. The one that could kill. Okay. The other ones are more like bludgeoning weapons. I have one that's a stab, turn, and pull it out again, kind of sword. You also have the you have a uh, like a Viking kind of hatchet as well. An axe, yeah, it's a two-hander. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's one you just drop on someone. That's more like if an alligator comes into your house in Philadelphia, you just drop that thing yeah. on the motherfucker. But anyway, or if like, yeah, go ahead. Brandon, no, you, have any, Brandon you have any questions? Wait, <laughs> my story. What? Yeah, what time did this guy make an appearance? 8 a.m., this... exactly, okay. according to our clocks, like 7.59, 8 o'clock. So he was obviously going to work. Yeah. <laughs> so then I'm just get started. Can I, can I give you – I'll give you a, a description of him. Do you, do you remember the episode of The Simpsons where Mr. Burns becomes a bum? There you go. There you go. I, I can imagine that. I have no idea, but I can imagine. Um, so then, okay, I'm walking around with the sword. Uh, then I'm standing out front, practicing boxing, you know, shadow boxing out front. That's I just made that part up. But I am standing out front, and I'm, like, staring at the – because I got weird neighbors on the corner that are always out there. So I'm out there, like, just standing, like, hey, how you doing? I'm here. Then I went inside, got in the car, left. The weird neighbors were probably doing a drug deal or something, but I was just like, saw them split, panicked immediately, went around my block like five times before I went anywhere. Just kept circling my block. 
gonna get my house and we'll catch him. What I was gonna do? What the hell I was gonna do if I caught them? I have no idea. Well, hey, you stop! <laughs> like, what is going on? Hold them up by the back of their shirts while their feet are moving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up having to get a padlock. I put a little padlock on my gate. I didn't want to do that because we like putting packages in there, but I had to padlock my gate. So that was my morning. Brandon, how about you? Terrifying. No, oh, well, my life is completely in shambles. I don't know who, if anyone broke into my house recently or not, but um, recovering from the hangover that was my favorite basketball team I've been watching since I was a small child. Uh, yes, Once yes, again, yes. absolutely pitifully fail early, get upset, and um, woke up with a throbbing headache for work on Monday morning. Very sad. So I hear it in your off voice a little bit. Were you, <laughs> you're a little, cool, little horse. Are you a little horse? I got, <clears throat> yeah, I got a. Um, been sucking down uh, Ricola's all day, trying to get it back to a reasonable state for uh, our audience. But uh, some major boos were coming out, I would say, Wednesday, Friday, and then again on Sunday. So, Brandon, can I ask you I a question? I apologize. Yes, you can. Could you tell me? <laughs> Sorry. What happened? As that game was ending. And the the fate of your favorite basketball team since you were a child was sealed. What and you knew you had to go to work the next day. What song was playing in your head? The it's always a uh, Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> Hello darkness, my old friend. <laughs> See now you should have stayed home and just watched Hell in a Cell. Uh, oh by the way, I'm, I'm Jim and I'm going to talk about you? Japanese stuff. And some lady stuff. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at hard number four wrestling. Subscribe and follow. Tell your friends. Chris, go ahead. You were going to say? No, I was going to say, if you watched Hell in a Cell, then that, that song would have been playing in your head, but it would have been playing <laughs> backwards. <laughs> I got to figure out something else to do on Sunday nights because whatever I'm doing, it's not working. <laughs> Yeah. I think it's do the what whole I weekend. Do, go to bed at 9.30. Yeah. I did not. I stayed up and I watched Hell in a Cell, believe it or not. No, I did turn it off at one point. But first, let's let's talk about some positive. I want to start with some positive yeah. because all we do is shit on professional wrestling. It's hard to watch this shit. In fact, it's fucking... It's a chore. But Stardom had their Cinderella tournament. It was streaming. I was excited to share this with you guys. Because this ma- this show is fucking awesome. Stardom's big shows are amazing. Guys, what'd you think? Chris, go ahead first. Oh, I really liked it. Uh, first of all, the uh, the fact that they had uh, English announcers uh, mm. was really good. So I, I wasn't completely lost. What an improvement. Um, like, what an improvement. Yeah. The smallest. I don't need, you know, I don't need the character of some goofy heel commentator. Just to have people to break it down for new people, to give you background, yeah. all kinds of information you might not have known. They were talking about where these people started, how many wins they had on a year. Like, they had all this yeah. information. It made it seem like a sport, and it was very cool. Yeah, they did a really good job. I was really impressed. One of the, one of the matches, actually, I got roped into. Um, you know, it's still, it's still pretty uh, new to me, so it's, um, you know, it's hard to kind of... Uh, you don't have any attachments to anything at this point where you just like pretty much the first show I watched and knew what was going on other than no people gate. But, um, 
you know, there was a match in which I actually, by the end of it, got roped in and was like, <laughs> like felt bad, you know, <laughs> like oh no. So yeah. Brandon, thoughts? Yeah, very high watchability rating. Uh, pretty easy to get through. I know Jim sent us about five of the six matches to go through, and at first I was like, oh no, five matches, but it it flew by. Uh, so that that goes a long way with me if I can sit there and. Uh, you guys have you've heard, listened to the podcast before know that I'm always the the cell phone is always you know seven inches away and if, if this stuff gets boring I I find myself scrolling around on there and I was able to uh, go extended periods of time without looking at the phone so for wrestling lately that's a huge win. Yeah, I'll so, be honest with you. Too, I think sorry, Jim. That's a that's a that's because I heard somebody talking about a TV show like that too, and he said you know I mean I said that to to him it was the perfect that's the perfect gauge of whether or not something is really, really good is if you start reaching for that phone. Hmm. Yeah. So it's actually a bonus because now you know, like, all right, my opinion of this, even though I may think I like it, I probably don't think it's that good. Right, right. The idea of it is better than the actual execution of it. So I'll just run through some of the some of the matches real quick. So we had two semifinals. Uh, this was the Cinderella tournament. Now, it was, it was postponed because of COVID. They usually do it over, I believe, one day. They do an entire tournament through the entire show. This year, because of COVID, they split it into two shows. Now, the second show got canceled. So they put this all together into this one big final show, which was uh, last week or two weeks ago. Um, but we had uh, Unagi Sayaka versus Micah. Now, a quick story on that. Micah is a judo girl. She looks ridiculous. Micah is like, looks like a friggin' superstar every time she's out there. Just her physical presence. She's wide and muscular, and she's got long, dark black hair, and everything about her looks like a star. And Unagi Sayaka is like an older wrestler, and she got through the tournament to where she was by knocking everybody over the top rope. Because to win, you can win by pinfall, uh, uh, submission, or elimination over the top rope, or disqualification. So Maika goes through, but during the course of it, she keeps taking abuse to her leg. So she moves on to the final. And then we get Saya Kamatani versus Hemeka. Um, this is another one where one person has a injury, which is Himika, and Sayakamitani is a fucking superstar. You can just tell watching her. And if you guys remember, she was the one that lost to uh, Utami in the title match uh, in March, I believe. What is that noise? Chris is muted. I don't know. My my microphone was muted. You were just breathing in your hands or something like that. I don't know what that was. So anyway, um. Yeah, so uh, uh, Sayakamitani, she wins with the, uh, I can't remember what the hell they call it, the destroyer or whatever. It's basically like a giant, like a... Uh, a um, star Crusher? Star Crusher. She's the Star Crusher to win that one. So those two go on to the final. So you got Micah versus Sayakamitani. They go on to the final. They do that later on. The winner of the final ends up, they get, to, they get a wish because they're Cinderella and they get to fight whoever they want. What did you guys think of those two matches? First of all, mind you, they were all, I think they were, both of these matches were under 10 minutes. Go ahead, Chris. Oh, it's me? We usually go to Sorry. Brandon first. That's all right. Um, no, both of them were very entertaining. Once I, once again, it was the, you know, the, just the simple fact that I was able to listen to them tell, let me know what the story was behind this and who they were and what they did. And it wasn't just, you know, people fighting for no reason. That I could tell. 
made it so much better than what it usually is. Usually for me, it's a little difficult to watch this, but uh, no, these, these are both really good matches. Um, I mean, there's really not much else to say there and they were quick to the point and um, very entertaining. Pretty good. Yeah. I thought um, Unagi in the first one, I think looked a little bit green. Mm -hmm. Um, That was probably my only criticism of it and then once they I, I think they mentioned that Micah and Saya had a like a rivalry so I kind of was expecting you know as we got to that second match that that's what we were going to get for the final later in the night but that didn't stop them both from being entertaining and you know when you, you know you're going to have that match later in the night like that 10 to 15 minute don't give away everything and the, that they have up their sleeve in the first match I thought you know worked well so moved right along through them. Yeah, we'll move right on to the final of that then. So we get Asaya Kamatani versus Micah. Now, Micah has the injury. and She's selling the injury throughout the whole match. First thing she does is she shows up, ref checks on her, your leg all right. They ring the bell. Saya immediately runs over and drop kicks her leg out. And she doesn't stop attacking her leg the entire fucking match. This is how you do a limb match. She beat the shit out of her leg for 15 minutes. Micah got her shit in. But in the, in the end of it, you think Micah might come back. In the end of it, she wasn't strong enough. Her leg was fucked up. Kamitani hits the friggin' Phoenix Star Splash. It looked fucking amazing, especially the camera work on that. She wins. She's the Cinderella Championship. For Just for some reference, of the last four Cinderella champions, each one is challenged for a title, and each one has won it. I love this fucking match. I thought it was amazing. It was really well done, concise, very good storytelling. Go ahead, Brandon. You can go first. One question. How old is uh, Saya? Do you know roughly? Is she younger in her career? I feel like I might have asked this last time we watched her. I believe she's 24, which for okay, so which she's... for stardom isn't young in age, but I think she's only been training for maybe two and a half, three years. Gotcha. Okay. But I, I'll tell you what, I, w- I wouldn't have guessed that because, he, you know, she does appear young, but she's really talented. Um, I liked, you know, telling the story when one of the wrestlers has a bum leg going into the final, like you're you're kind of expecting that that's the way that it should go. But very often in pro wrestling, we talk about it all the time. They, it's like, how stupid can these people be? They don't do the, the obvious thing. And uh, that was the story of this. She gets by probably 15 minutes, but flew right by. So another good one. That's Chris, all I have to say. Chris, good. No, I, I was thinking the same thing. It was like, what a novel approach to actually do something that makes fucking sense during a match. Somebody's got a bum leg and you immediately go after it. You know what I mean? And uh, once again, you know, um, storytelling that made sense, uh, high impact, violent as hell in the beginning, you know, when she went after the leg. And, you know, there was no mystery being able to overcome this injury that you've had for months. And now somebody else is and you. Somebody had just attacked it before and now somebody's attacking it now. But yet you're such a hero. You'll be able to mystically pull off your finisher that involves using the bum leg. No, you lose. You know what I mean? And yeah, it's she, like, oh, valiant, because you can you can be a winner through a valiant effort. Yeah, she um, and you can also dominate. Like Saya, sure, she didn't. Micah gets her shit in because it's wrestling, but Saya's right. in charge of this match the entire time. Why? Because the other girl's leg is fucked up. She couldn't use her finisher, which is the uh, Michinoku driver number two. She couldn't use it. She used it on Sayaka out of nowhere and beat her. And then Saya Kamatani fucking won this match, and she deserved to win it. Deserved in a storyline sense where she dominated the whole thing, and the girl that she was against was injured. Everybody looks great now, in this match. It was great. Now, 
Now, if you had, if you with one leg, can you pull off Michinoku driver number one? Number one or two? Was one use one leg and two uses two? I don't understand. So I think the difference between one I'm and confused. two is that one you land on your back and two you land on your head. Oh, okay. I think it's the- so. It's in other words, it's like it's like create a wrestler moves. Right, right. Yeah. Well, her her mentor <laughs> is Takamichinoku. She inherited the yeah. move. Cool match. All right, here we go. Now here's the high drama. So, okay. The story going into all these matches with Mayo Iwatani is that she can never defend her friends. Her friends always betray her. She never sticks up for them or can't stick up for them. She fails. So we get her faction, Stars, versus Odeotai, who is like the heel faction. It's a 10-person elimination match, but the last loser, the last person to get pinned in this match has to join the other faction. Now, I'll tell you, as someone who has watched Stardom for a very long time, you knew who was going. They've been teasing it for a while. Natsuko keeps saying, there's two people. The only way I'll be happy is if I'll leave you people alone is if I get either Mayo Iwatani or Starlight Kid to join Odeotai. And we knew it wasn't going to be Mayo. So, (laughs) after... A ridiculous match with all kinds of... I've said this before. Some of the most fun multi-man tag matches, Stardom does them. They're just ridiculous. High high energy. Nobody's friggin' laying around for too long. Somebody's always involved in something. Starlight Kid. She can't take the beating that she's taken from two people. Natsuko's pins her after two attitude adjustments. But I forget what her finishing move is. But she gets, she gets two of them. She drags her over. They they tie Mayu Iwatani into the corner. Embarrass her. Starlight Kid is now in Odeotai. And Mayu Iwatani cried and cried and cried. And it was great. Brandon, thoughts? I think probably Stardom is the only promotion I've seen that could, in one match, have a clown in a big purple onesie and also someone seriously crying in a dramatic finish and not have it feel like a totally bizarre. <laughs> um, no, this, this was, this was entertaining. Starlight kid is so small. She's so tiny. She's tiny. I had to look it up. She's not even five feet tall. Mm. Um, I get, are they going to change that name now? I feel like Odeotai is like the, the heel faction. I feel like you can't be this, the, uh, starlight kid and, and go full heel if she leans into this. I'm curious what they're going to do with her. Coming coming out of this for the last two shows, they've been house shows, so I've only been able to catch one. She's like torn, but she's still being kind of evil. She's still Starlight Kid. But like uh, okay. the, the clown lady, Fukigen Death, she... The best. <laughs> that is the so best. So this is her third incarnation as the Death character. And the last Death, she was... Uh, uh, what the hell was she? Goki can death, which basically means like happy. So she was legit a clown. She had clown makeup, clown gear. She was involved in one of these 10 man elimination matches and she was the last one to get pinned. So they turned her into Fuki can death, which basically means like gloomy or emo. So she walks around with her hands in her pockets. Sometimes she'll, uh, she'll put somebody down and then she'll start pretending to smoke a cigarette. It's fucking brilliant. <laughs> I think it's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, it was great. This is a fucking great match. Chris, go ahead. Yeah, so, de- yeah, de- Death Clown was by far the, yeah. my eyes were on her 
two the two people my eyes were on that the entire match were Death Clown person and um Blonde Mohawk white eyed person. Yeah, that's uh, Natsuko Toro. Uh, the one yeah, the one that leads the faction, I yeah. guess, right? She's the boss. Yeah. Both of them, like I couldn't it was I was watching everything they did. But like you said, like this was the match I was talking about where I actually was like was invested in it immediately. Um but uh what we were talking about before, you know, they put announcers on it. I didn't have to be told how dastardly the heels were. The heels action in the ring told me how shitty they were. Story the way telling. that she That's was what behaving. supposed to be. <laughs> right. The way the the way that the leader was behaving. Sorry, I don't remember the names. I apologize. But the way that she was behaving at the end of the match was just like, oh, God, she was telling her what they're going to do to her when they get her where she's going to be on the ladder. Or yep. She's going to get treated like shit. Yep. And blah, blah, blah. And it was just like, I mean, I was really wrapped up in that. And like you said, at no point you're, are you like, oh, look at this one. They're just kind of outside wandering right they're was... waiting for their turn you know it was just like and there were no you know for that many people involved in a tag match there were it, it was very um you didn't know it uh and it, 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 it wasn't like one of those things where it was like you know you watch other wrestling and it's the same shit over and over again and you see the same spots just with different people or in a different order like you literally forget that there were 10 people in a tag match it just flowed so well. It was really good. I really liked this match. This was my match in the night for that show. Rin, um, if you guys remember Rin Katakura, she was in the uh, AEW tournament, the women's tournament, the Japan side. She was in this match on Stars team, on the Mayo Iwatani team. And there was a spot where it looked like she was. Now, mind you, she works for a different company, and she just came over for the show. There was a spot that it looked like she was supposed to come into the ring and break up a pin, and she missed it. And Barb's, uh, the uh, the referee, he was just like, he did a two count and didn't count three. He just went. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, he just yeah, did the I, I two did see that. that was, there was one really miss, messy one. You could see, I think it was Fukigen Death was the one that was supposed to be keeping her out of the ring. And Fukigen Death moved out of the way so she could get in the ring. And she just missed her cue. But, I mean, it's like, it, it looked a little weird. And I went back and watched, you know, I watched it again and I saw that. And I was like... Oh, that was kind of not great, but what are you going to do? <laughs> it's a lot of people yeah, it's entertaining as hell, man. Why are you yelling into the microphone? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And part of it, like, if, you know, for Chris and I picking this stuff up, those matches are just inherently going to probably be more fun for us just because it's – I haven't seen so many of these people before, so you're getting, like – you know, your first viewing of, of so many different things, bang, bang, bang. And it's like moving so fast. So it's you know, pretty easy to uh, have 20 minutes just blow by watching something like that. Oh, it's fun to watch storytelling happy, happen in the ring instead of being beaten over the head with it. All right. Last up the main event, Utami Hayashishita versus Suri for the world of stardom championship. I'm not going to talk about this. Brandon, go ahead. <laughs> Okay. Oh, Suri, I recognized. Um, you recognize from her from UFC? UFC? Do you I, recognize her? Yeah, 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 so did I. Yeah, I, she looks very different, but I was like, but they mentioned it, and I looked up and was like, oh, I remember seeing her fight, which this obviously adds some believability, which I think that they sold well during it. Uh, sorry. I thought she should have won, uh, in my opinion, because she's super talented and just, like, very charismatic. I really enjoyed watching her. Um, the believability again, her selling throughout it. Um, even in the second, the, I, I don't, you want me to give it away? Like, 
Yeah, go ahead. So uh, yeah. I, I can blow through it real fast. So they go the full 30 minutes. They beat the shit out of each other. Uh, instead of calling it, they both agree to another 15-minute period. And uh, immediately at the ring of the bell, they start beating the living shit out of each other with forearms. It goes the distance. Uh, Utami wins by surviving Siri. Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, even in the second part, those submission spots, like the mat wrestling stuff is really awesome. You can see, you know, how much practice she has with that. And I, I, I didn't really love uh, the selling of the other girl with Utami. What was it? Utami. Utami. But, um, you, you know, I thought it was a really entertaining for that kind of stuff, which isn't always my favorite, especially when you're going 45 minutes with it. But uh, we get a double draw. I wasn't really bothered by that, I don't, but I don't watch a ton of stardom. I'm not sure if that was expected or um, if that was like an, a frustrating result. Um, I'm curious how you felt having watched it more. Sometimes I know that's a, a common criticism. If you go that long and get a draw, it's like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> Chris, go ahead. I'd like to hear your thoughts first. No, I mean, I really like this match. Beat the shit out of one another. I'm usually not a big fan. They do it in Japan more than the U.S., a big fan of the trading of the forearms. I think that's a waste of time. It just gets done to death. But they, when it's when it, when it it's a good match, it, it, it works. When it's done well, it works. Um, the mat wrestling, once again, like you said, um, you know, believable because she knows what she's doing. Um, that's, uh, what's her name? Uh, Siri. Sayuri? How do you Siri. say her name, Jim? Siri. 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 And, uh, I mean, no, it was really good. And, and I, I have no problems. Like, when you have a match like that and it has a no contest or a no finish, you know, it runs to a draw. It was, I mean, you know, this is something that's kind of disappeared in wrestling over the years because everybody need they, they feel that they need to have a definitive winner or loser every time. And, um, you know, it's one of the reasons, like, you know, uh, in, the, in, in America, they've, well, I should say WWE, they've like eliminated the time limit. You know, these were these were all these things that gave you other outs and avenues of creativity uh, that they took away. And I had no problem with that winning in a uh, that ended in a time limit draw. You know, it was it was it was still entertaining as hell. I thought this match was fucking brilliant from the beginning. It started slow. Then it goes outside with a great like. Uh, two leg tackle by Siri, it goes outside. You start to think like Siri's just gonna, she's just like playing with her. They take it outside. Utami ends up having to do a little bit of like rip her legs out and because she's getting dominated. They bring it back into the ring. Utami starts doing her power move. So she's the power one in this match. Siri's the technical wrestler. Utami takes a fucking beating in this match. She takes kick after kick after kick. And then they, they get to like, it's like she survived. She still gets to keep her title. Siri's like, fuck that. I didn't come this far to just lose by because you didn't, you know, I didn't win, I didn't get pinned or I didn't submit. So they both agreed to keep going. They immediately start doing the forearm exchange, which was fucking awesome. Utami starts taking some serious kicks to the fucking head. We get her German suplex spots. We get Utami giving giving Siri that that um, spinning powerbomb thing that she does. But she, per- you can just tell, like, the way that she laid her down and the way that she crashed and burned. And one of these things about this move, and we talked about it with Saya Kamitani, if you go back that far when she faced Kamitani, Utami, she did that powerbomb where she spins and throws her spinning, and Kamitani spun like a top. 
The same thing happened to Siri, but Siri spun to the ropes. And she went to cover, and she grabbed the rope to get out of it because she was a dead duck until she grabbed that rope. There was no overuse of finishers, which happens in a lot of feds. They just keep using finishers over and over again. Utami, I think, is the only one that got to use her finisher, and she did it too close to the ropes, and Siri was able to get out. Utami survived. Siri's heartbroken. And Utami legit survived, so much so that she's laying prone on the mat, all her makeup has been washed off with sweat. Her hair looks a fucking mess. Rossi Ogawa comes up, lays the belt on her dead body, and puts the, the trophy next to her, and then just walks away. And she just lays there. And then Natsuko Tora comes out and challenges her while she's laying on the ground. Says, yep, I'm holding, next. Holding the mask. Holding Star- Starlight Kid's mask. <laughs> she decapitated her. This is fucking great. It shows, I, I thought this match showed that, it, it showed Utami's strength against a more techni- a better opponent. She was able to show that quote unquote heart that you see a lot of times, you know what I mean? That they talk about, this person has heart. She was able to show it without had doing over the top power up moves and shit. She just got the living piss kicked out of her and survived. And she has the advantage, so she's still the champ. I fucking love this match. This is up there with Bad Bunny. That's my favorite match of the year. This was good, yeah. I fucking loved it. And, no, the time limit draw, I think it's fucking brilliant. They don't do it that often, but they do it enough that you know it can be an option. Especially when you have two people that um, you can tell a really good story, make them look both look awesome, and no one has to take it necessarily lose. So down the road, you can be like, oh, you never pinned me. You get to fight me again. And I definitely see Shuri as being a champ down the line. I think Utami's losing it in the next battle against Natsuko Tora. Natsuko Tora's never had a big title. And she's like the leader of a heel faction. I think she's getting it this time. Go ahead, Brandon. Go ahead. No, I don't have too much else. I think probably I, you know, sometimes I'm guilty of this being more emotional and watch, watching when I get into it. Probably because I like Shuri more and I was like getting more into her style. I was found myself pulling her pulling for her but um you know i feel like it, there's definitely like i would have no problem watching them do that again for another 40 minutes so as far as blowing out a main event and leaving a lot more on the table can certainly go there i'm curious what they're going to do with the belt after that but you know all around this was i don't know if the whole thing was three hours pretty pretty easy for three hours like not not anything really dragging i did skip one match so i can't speak to that one but yeah, I only, the only time, I mean, I told you guys, you know, check out the whole show when you get a minute. But the ones I wanted to talk about were the ones that had like the the big the big story because the 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 uh, the uh, tag match, the uh, tag shuffle match was kind of like goofy and fun, which is what Stardom brings. It brings serious business and it brings a lot of goofy shit. I mean, we had one of the serious matches on the card had Fukigen Death in it. You know what I mean? A goofy ass clown. So it's like. Best thing ever. Yeah, Chris. Final thoughts on this uh, show? Um, no, I, I, I yeah, uh, not really. <laughs> I will tell you one thing. There was a final thought. Okay, I was trying to access it in my damaged brain. Um, I did notice <laughs> that. I guess it was after it was all said and done. In traditional semi creepy japanese rest women's wrestling style they brought out the woman that won the cinderella tournament dressed as cinderella yeah that's the thing yeah she comes out it's like yeah it was that i was just like and here we go you win the dress (laughs) 
Yes. Oh, yeah. And, and, I was like, Ew. and it's funny, though, when you look at – so when you look at the heel faction, right, and they come down and they're being bad guys, and you look at them and they look like – children that think they're tough and it's because they are yeah. kind of children yeah. acting like they're tough i, mean, I think ten... it's, i think it was funny i was like they had this like in it they have this like innocent tough guy tough girl i should say tough woman look about them like you know i'm i'm tough but i'm just acting tough and then you realize god they're like some are like what 19 there was two girls in that match 16? that 10 man match two. they were 16 they were 16 yeah yeah so you see what it says, it's like, <laughs> but it's awesome. I had a really, I really enjoyed it. And it was, all it took was some English announcing to really hook you to really hook me. I'll watch it. I'll be excited to watch the next they one. They did a great job. That was the same guy that yeah. did, uh, he does Noah. He does MMA. It's a Welsh guy. I don't know his name. Yeah. I was trying to pinpoint he that. He does TJPW and DDT. Yeah. Now. He pretty much does like, if it's in Japan, he covers it. Oh, I thought this great. This was great, and I thought it was a great way to start off the show because we all we do is talk shit on wrestling, and I thought maybe we would. Well, start, we're about to do it some more. Starts. Let's start with some positivity and fucking. Guess what, guys? You can you can watch some fun stuff. You don't have to torture yourself and watch some shit like we did with Hell in a Cell. But uh, my advice for listeners, if you want to get caught up on Stardom, is to go follow them on uh, their YouTube channel. They're always putting up at least portions of matches and stuff like that, and backstage comments and shit like that. So go check that out. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Hell in a Cell was Sunday. Yeah. Let's just blow through this, okay? Yeah. Since we don't have assigned shows anymore, I'm just going to go through them, and I'll ask you your thoughts. Okay. Let's skip the pre-show. First match, it was a Hell in a Cell match for the Women's SmackDown Women's Championship. Bianca Belair, the champ, defeated Bailey by pinfall. Chris, go ahead. Uh, um... Yeah, I. This match has been done to death. Uh, I, I, it really needs to go away. Um, everything that they did was a recap of things that had been done before. Uh, Bailey, uh, fantastic. She always is addressing Michael Cole when he was talking. Oh, that was I so hear good. You. She, yeah, that was good. She was telling Michael Cole to shush. That was good. Uh, Bianca Belair. I know it's an unpopular opinion, but she's like a robot. I, I it, she needs. She's young. Did you see it's, her promo? What? I will, I will never forgive Bailey for what she did. Yeah. yeah what the fuck uh, does that even mean? It was like, I, what? Oh, she's a bad guy. She doesn't care. What are you talking about? Are you like, <laughs> was she, she wasn't your friend beforehand. She betrayed me. She was always a jerk to you. Like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, look, you know, I, it, she's, she's very athletic. She's very promising. She's horrible on the mic, and she's, when I say stiff, not like wrestling stiff, but just like a robot in the ring, and and, and it shows. Her her timing, her footwork, her movements aren't natural, and, you know, I get it. You're, you're, she definitely, like, she's going to be good, but she's gonna, it's going to take a while, you know, because she wasn't, she wasn't a wrestler before this, and she really wasn't in NXT in a, in a prominent role for that long before they brought her up so brandon i know you're a big you love bianca belair go ahead yeah i do but i don't disagree with anything that you're saying i um you know i i still find her exciting 
in the sense as like as a prospect, she's insight exciting. But as far as big spots and these pay-per-views, you're probably hoping for more than just that, right? Bailey's obviously as a, a vet, she's fantastic. I think I don't doubt that Bianca will get there, but not surprised to uh, hear that she she didn't really nail it on the mic <laughs> through a lot of this. I promise you, I will, I'll never, I will never forgive you. What the fuck are you talking about? All right, next up, uh, singles match. Still pissed about being spun. Seth Rollins defeated Cesaro by pinfall. He got his win match, uh, his win back, his win back. This is a pretty good match. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, if it's to, if there's going to be a match where you're like, if we had to pick a best match in the night, I would probably say it was this just by default. Um, was it great? No. Was it? But you know, when when you're surrounded by shit, it's not that difficult to smell good. Um, you know, I I, I don't. I'm kind of over this as well. I mean, we're just so into reruns at this point, like we've always been. Uh, I did like the fact that it was a sneaky win. I like the fact that he fucking bailed as soon as it was over. I'm always a big fan of that. Get the win and get the fuck out of there. Mm-hmm. More of a fan on a babyface level when you get the win that you shouldn't have gotten and you get out of there. But still, I mean, you know, it was definitely a bright spot in the sea of darkness. I did not realize because, you know, I'm not watching SmackDown at all. I'm not watching Raw either, but I'm less watching SmackDown. I didn't realize that leading into this show, Seth Rollins has been getting stripped naked a lot down to his underwear. Well, he's wearing his goofy suit, so I guess <laughs> yeah, it's like, like... he just keeps getting stripped, which I, <laughs> I don't... <laughs> God, fucking ridiculous. I don't get it, man. I don't get it. <laughs> Brandon, thoughts? Uh, I mean, that's pretty funny. I didn't, I didn't know that either, but it doesn't bode well for the rest of the show if the most enjoyable part of it was the Cesaro match that's happened for a decade now where he looks really good and should have won and then doesn't win the match. So let's move on. That's not an interesting thing to see. <laughs> let's move on. Here we go. Alexa bliss defeated Shayna Baszler with Nia Jackson, Reginald via pinfall. Chris, go ahead. She is, uh, she's a telekinetic now. Uh, yeah. What That's she can all move I things? Fucking say. Was yeah. she moving things or was she talking? Oh, she was mesmerizing. No, she too. mesmerized. Oh, that's not telekinesis. Mesmer- that's telepathy. Telepathy. I'm You're sorry. confusing well, I don't... the nerd audience, Chris. I'm sorry. Yes, <laughs> I'm very sorry about that. She used her telepathy to control Nia Jackson to smacking Reginald Reginald in the face. That's good stuff. It was at that moment I realized that I'm wasting my life, and I ate pizza. <laughs> Brandon, Brandon, thoughts on this beautiful match and well-constructed <clears throat> story. It was horrifying. It was so scary. I was really scared. Like, this is true horror. If you don't like horror, you shouldn't be watching this. Like, you're a loser if you don't like this. If you telepathically move someone else's arm, is that telepathic telekinesis? Or is well, it just if you're telepathic? using your mind to command – if you're using your mind to command someone else's mind to move their arm, then it's telepathy. telepathy. If you are physically causing arm. someone's arm to move with your mind, I guess that wouldn't be physically moving. If you are using your mind, you're controlling power their yes, I, I, to move. Okay. I think no, no, this matters. This all matters because it's the I only thing that's entertaining about. She's this. got this makeup on her face and she's making like scary faces and she looks like a fucking moron. This is so fucking stupid. I swear to God, I don't know what to do with myself when it comes on my TV. 
Yeah, she's got a little something else on her there. Looks like a little imp- improvements in her uh, between her shoulders there. It looks like a little oh, enhancement. No. Is that why she was off TV? Maybe. Couple weeks, not working. We're not. We're not leaning into any of the the internet full of creepy Alexa Bliss talk. Where it's <laughs> no, let's stop it. Let's move on. Not. Oh, by the way, match sucked. Seven minutes. Next up, Sami Zayn. Wait, yeah, a... hold on, hold oh, on. Way to keep Shayna, Shayna Baszler looking like shit. Yeah, she looks terrible. She needs to get the fuck away from this this program immediately. Go wrestle with fucking Oscar, please. Get this over with. Sami Zayn defeated Kevin Owens via pinfall. This was a good match. Chris. Yeah, and you know, one of the things about this match that I liked is I've never seen these guys wrestle before. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Chris. All right, Brandon, sorry. Kevin Owens continues to be entertaining every time I see him, but he's just backpedaling down the card. Yeah. Back down roster. He was awesome against Roman Reigns, and now he's he's dropping to Sammy Saint. Well, hold on. Not only is he, he was awesome against Roman Reigns, it's not that he's dropping to Sami Zayn. It's that he's doing the Sami Zayn thing again. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, not only are you dropping down your car, but we're just going to put you back in your old program that you've been on pretty much every year since you've been in this company. I, I, I bet you if you look back, he's had a major program with Sami Zayn just about every year other than the time that Sami Zayn was injured. I guarantee it. One thing I did enjoy about this match was at the very end, Sami Zayn is bleeding, and uh, he's at at the announce table screaming at Michael Cole how it's a conspiracy, and he's spitting blood all over the fucking place, and there's blood all over. He starts tearing up Michael Cole's notes. Michael Cole got real mad for a second. Good. He was like, real classic, real classic, got up and spun away. I was like, yeah. He, <laughs> he should have quit. He should have quit. Between between his abuse by uh, Bailey and Sami Zayn, he should just quit. Yeah, uh, go home. Speaking of Kevin Owens, apparently he got hurt in this match, so he's done for a while. Mm. Sorry, I don't mean this because I want another human being to get hurt, but good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next I just like I love Kevin Owens. I hate to see what they do to him, and when he disappears and comes back, he's always better. Mm. And it's like you get this flurry of Kevin Owens being fucking amazing. And then before you know it, Vince is like, I have no idea. Let's put him with Sami Zayn. And they put him back with Sami Zayn. They stuck him in a a, he made Shane McMahon interesting by putting him in that feud. Yes. Yeah. Kevin Owens is amazing. He is. uh, You know, look, I could say it. You best guy, probably the best guy they have in that company. Yeah, he's up there for like, sure. Like with with like you know all the aspects of what it takes to be a professional wrestler, which I do not know because I'm an idiot sitting in a basement, literally. But uh, you <laughs> no know, I mean, beard, pro. Though. Yeah, no. I mean, if I could grow a beard, I might have one. Pro wrestle, you know, wrestling, athletic ability, storytelling in the ring, the way that he sells, the way that he does his promos, he's probably like, I mean, he is top notch in every category that there is. Brandon, thoughts on Kevin Owens before we move on? Uh, I'm trying to wrap my head around. I think I get what Chris is saying. Like he would prefer that Kevin Owens' body be injured so that his mind could heal and he could he could refresh <laughs> himself. No, no, he would rather his he would rather his that. telekinetic actions yes. be injured so yeah. his telekinesis. I don't. 
There's telepathy. <laughs> All I'm saying is, is whenever he disappears, for whatever reason, when he comes back, he's in a hot program. Hmm. And then they do the hot program. And then Vince goes, I don't like him. People who are tough don't have, they have abs. They don't look like that. They're not fat. People that look like that can't fight. And then he, you know, fucking makes greasy, fucking hairy, sword dick fucking on it again. Uh, next up, not sword dick. He's coming soon. Singles match for the WWE Women's Championship, Raw Women's Championship. Charlotte Flair defeated Rhea Ripley via disqualification. Poop soup. Sword dicks all over the place. Chris, go ahead. Um, as soon as I saw the pitchfork on uh, Rhea Ripley's face, I uh, tuned She's out. the devil, man. I fucking hate it. Yo, she's the they devil. They can't. It's the fucking hair. They're always adding shit. Oh, I got a big fight coming up. Let me get extensions. Oh, I got the fight of my life coming up. Let me glue gems to my face. What the fuck is going on? Brandon? <laughs> At least they didn't have that cool ass band perform live this time. <laughs> a, a five minute rendition of her entrance song. Or yeah, at least is... when she when she came out, you didn't hear Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley. <laughs> yes, King Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley. Yes, Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley. There is yeah, yeah. no Rhea Ripley. <laughs> There's no consistency in their disqualifications, like. Oh God! How you? How do you? How'd she get? How'd she manage to get DQ'd here? What I think, did she, I, oh, I think she took that plastic thing that's on top of the announce table and hit her with it. That shows you what she. Well, if you actually title, right? listen, if you use it, if you break it on someone, it's a disqualification. If you, you break, break someone it with it. someone, it's fine. Fair game. Right. If you break, so if you it, use a human body as the weapon to break it. It's okay, but if you use it as a weapon to break the human body, it's bad. That's right. So if you use Just telekinesis, in- good. Telepathy, no good. Bad. All right. WWE Championship, last chance hell in a cell match. Bobby Lashley, the champion with MVP, defeated Drew McIntyre via pinfall. Ladies and gentlemen, I turned this show off after the Charlotte Flair Rhea Ripley match because I didn't give a fuck, but Chris, go ahead. Uh, I'd like to give you an opinion, but uh, did the same thing. <laughs> Brandon, you're our only source. <laughs> uh, the, the one that not only didn't turn it off, never even put it on. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Oh, man. So that happened. All right, a yeah. uh, couple of notes uh, on WWE before we say, say goodbye. Um, first up, I think it's safe to say that this – Thunderdome thing is just I mean it was fine I guess because there was just something but it is it's unbearable now like this is this yeah I I, I this this needs this place needs to be filled with people this is terrible I tried watching a couple minutes of Raw last night and it was just good guy talks <sighs> yeah bad guy talks <sighs> they're hitting buttons it's so bad now. It's a laugh track. Um, can I add? Uh, so I have a prediction, and I'm going to make it now. Uh, yes, yes. I, I, and it could be wrong because Raw was on, and we don't cover it. So maybe I'm already the possibility of this happening. <laughs> but um, don't be surprised 
Now, once again, I didn't watch Raw last night, so maybe this has been this this the 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 possibility could be gone of this happening. But don't be surprised that the way they knock around uh, Drew McIntyre not being able to challenge uh, Bobby Lashley is he's going to win that fucking briefcase. Well, yeah, that's pretty. That seems pretty and obvious. probably going to go to SmackDown to challenge Roman Reigns. And I think Money in the Bank is in front of fans. Yeah, it is. I think it's the first one in front and, of fans. And I think that if they're he wins this, fuck this fucking thing, they're going to boo the fuck out of him. Yes, they are. Um, yeah, Roman, I, Roman Reigns is ready to be cheered as soon as he shows up. He's going to get the yep. biggest pop of the night when he shows up. Yep. When he shows up, it's going to be fucking insane. Here's the other thing. I want to just – I think it should be said that the only shining star of this whole fucking show – was Pat McAfee once again? Yeah, he was pretty good. He's over the yeah. top and he's fun and he's unpredictable. So mm-hmm. much so but that's his character. Like, that's yeah. why he's there. And it seems like he's driving Michael Cole crazy with it, which is fucking great. I love it. Bailey yeah. too. I fucking love Bailey. Bailey can do whatever. Uh, She's amazing. Michael Cole. Her, Michael for, Cole, for her uh, begging. Uh, hold on, real quick. Her begging yeah. to get out of the the, <laughs> the cell was so it's stupid. Great. It was so stupid. That was great. But it was, it was so a good great. match to start with. Yeah. It was a good match to start with because it hooked me. Yeah, Chris. I was like, okay, maybe I'll watch this. And then it just fucking, then poop just started rolling down a hill. Just shit mountains. But I was sliding on it. (laughs) Go ahead. You were saying about McAfee, go ahead. No, I mean, he's, you know, this is the guy that they hired. This is not, he was this on his podcast. This is the guy that they hired. He's not putting on an, an act that he's created for WWE. I mean, this is the way this guy's been for years. And, uh. Yeah, uh, he's the only one that's that's really uh, that's like a shiny uh, a bright spot for them. I mean, everything else is just kind of like whatever. And they look, they got to do something because uh, it's going to be hard to um, you know to pump those. Because look, here's the deal: he could pump in those cheers on television, but he can't pump them in the stands. And you know, when Twitter starts saying they tried doing it in WrestleMania, they did try and they yeah. failed. It sounded terrible. The the fans yeah. just booed over it. Mm-hmm. And the and the fan you'll get you know a million videos online of oh this is what happened when Drew McIntyre won whoa right. you know what I mean like it's like oh they were cheering on TV you know so Brandon did you catch well, the question before you took a walk well, yeah. uh, what was the question now oh, I didn't uh, know there was I had mentioned I had mentioned that uh oh we got to get out of the fucking Thunderdome and then Chris had mentioned that how great Pat McAfee is. I'll give your thoughts on both of those. I'm, the one thing I'm surprised by is I thought that as soon as this was starting to – this pandemic was starting to wind down, that pro wrestling would be the first group of people tr- getting a live crowd. And WWE is now like the last event happening without one. So um, I'm not sure why they like, like it so much. It, it, could, it really gonna, is stale. Let me, let me, let me throw a little um... – little idea out there there's no this is all speculation no idea could it be that these people that they used to hire to come work for them are now on unemployment and decided i don't want to do this anymore i'm going to go do something else like a lot of people that are underpaid in the world right now and have been given a reprieve by their federal government are like oh wait i don't have to work for no money i can get this cdl and make a lot of money instead Oh, it's a possibility. Oh, they, might, they, so, they might be having a hard time bringing people back to go maybe. on tour. Oh, so what you're saying is is that um, 
the people that are pivoting that pivoted during the pandemic because they had the opportunity to aren't they're not going back to work because just because they're lazy <laughs> yes, and they're yeah. getting free money. Yeah. Oh, OK. I just want to I just want to just want to say that. Um, I uh, I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I actually spoke to uh, somebody who worked with work for WWE when they were in town. Uh, I don't know. It may have been one of the ones we went to Sunday afternoon and they came into the bar. He had a WWE shirt and he was a, he was a, um, a, uh, attack for them, like a roadie. Right. And the way he talks, they get paid a lot of money and it ain't a bad gig. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like a solid gig. So I couldn't see those. I would think a majority of those guys, especially with it being like the scheduling mess of touring. Cause if that's what you do, that's what you do. You do what you do for WWE or you do it for some band, or some company, you know, so it's going to be one you do it for Ringling Brothers or whoever. Right. So that's what you do. That's your job. I think that he's uh, you know, whatever. I think it's more of, uh, first of all, they have probably paid for that building. Mm-hmm. Number one. So they're getting every dime out of it. Number two, not all the buildings, all the different like little all the states have different rules. Not everybody's right, course, out yeah. yet. So they need to be able to – you can't make a plan of how you – because it wasn't like this was like we didn't know when this was going to end. Even though we all – because remember, I thought we were going to be back to work and everything was going to be back to normal by June of last year. So – and then once June passed and then once the summer passed, I was like, just tell me and I'll go back to work. I, I'm not even guessing anymore. Right. So um, I'm sure they were probably like, we're doing this until we get the okay whenever that is. And then once they got the okay, then they started the wheels rolling about getting the fuck out and doing their shit. And you got to book the buildings. Right. That's you know? not like you can And not to mention – everybody went at the same time, right? Everybody's it booking wasn't at like, once. Yeah. yeah, everybody's booking at once. So I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I just think that it's a matter of them being able to get the booking right. and, but they, um, yeah, I, to kind of just, think just about, real quick to, to make your point, like solidify your point, somebody like AEW, they'll just keep working the stadium they own that's and they what can I was put people say. inside it, which is fine. WWE, on the other hand, uses other people's stadiums, unless they're going to just use the Performance Center, which is way too fucking small for WWE anyway. So, touring's expensive. Paying people is expensive. Brandon, I'm sorry. Brandon, I'm sorry. I was asking you the question, though. Do you mind mind chiming in? You got anything? No, I mean, it's not that, like, I'm very much aware of the challenges regarding it, but it feels like they're still somewhat behind the eight ball, and it's like, Every every band's back touring now this month. Like there's there's stuff happening all over the south and southeast. I know what you're saying, and it, it you know it could be some of that, but I I'm I'm partially wondering if they're just like enjoying the, this Thunderdome and like the fact that they can manipulate this story until they get to SummerSlam. Yeah, there's I don't know. I, I could be totally wrong. Maybe they're like we have to have. How are we going to do all of Alexa? Until we figure out how to do all of Alexa Bliss's special effects in real time, we're staying in the Thunderdome. <laughs> hey, Chris, did you notice something different about her? No. Nothing. Okay, uh, I had another point about WWE, <laughs> and I forgot. Oh, uh, Roman Reigns was on SmackDown in a uh, Hell in a Cell against Rey Mysterio. Brandon, did you catch it? No, I did not catch it. Chris, did you catch it? <laughs> Well, I mean, I was probably doing the same thing that Brandon was doing on Friday night, but I was doing it 
um, I was doing it. Brandon was doing it voluntarily. I was just happened to be a place where it was on. And there's, there's the thing that's in your background right now was on Friday night. Oh, Basketballs. Were uh, on oh, Friday night. So I'm sure Brandon was doing that. And I was, uh, I was at a party and it was on. I was at my own personal yeah, hell in a cell in my mind this weekend <laughs> watching this 76ers. It's just kind of odd that they put it on SmackDown. I don't know if they were just trying to get a number or whatever the fuck they were doing. but Well, they're... when did SmackDown end? Uh, 10 p.m. 8 to 10 or around 10 p.m. Yeah. When did uh, A-Dub begin? 11? 10. 10. Yeah, maybe they were trying to get that. Watch this before A-Dub's. I don't know what else is on I, in Fox. I don't. I have no idea. I like that. Just that. I remember after last week we spent talking about how overused the Hell in a Cell gimmick is. They just double down and and have more more hells and more cells than ever. More before. hells. Yeah, and or now they're just doing it on a Friday night. <laughs> so many hells. So many cells. All right, that was no fun watching that show. It stunk. No, it sucked. WWE, go on the road already. All right, next up, Wrestling Retro Rewind time. Chris, it was your choice. Now, every week we, yeah, pick, we pick a match. We take turns. Chris is in charge of everything before the Austin 316 promo of 1996. And Brandon takes everything after that until the current day. And I handle all the Japanese and women's stuff. So, Chris, this week he selected... From December 26, 1986, this is now the second match we've selected for the day after Christmas, which is pretty odd. The number one contendership match from the UWF, Old Mid-South. Dr. Destiny Williams versus Terry Gordy in the Sam Houston Auditorium, not to be confused with Sam Houston, champion of DUIs in Texas. <laughs> I forgot about it. I keep forgetting about it. So, um, <laughs> Chris, how do you want to do this? Do you want to just dive Why right in? Why don't you guys, like you did, like you guys did? Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna show you the reasons why I picked this. Okay, yeah, I don't know I, what I'd you like guys to know because, yeah, I'd like to know. Shall I start, Brandon, or you want to start? Go ahead. Okay, so first up, um. The crowd is fucking pissed. The crowd is fucking hype. They're going nuts. Also, I noticed, like, the security and the cops have to keep the aisles clean. The announcers are screaming, do not throw objects anywhere near the ring. Also, there's no safety mats at ringside. What the fuck kind of psychopaths are these? Bill Watts. Brandon, thoughts? Yeah, it's almost jarring as soon as you put it on the crowd. There's like one random old guy who's – I don't know who that was, Chris or Jimmy. Maybe you know if he was just a fan that's sitting inside the railing just in a steel chair with his legs crossed, like walking around. I think he was like a security guy or somebody at work for him. <laughs> yeah, there, was guys, there was guys in red coats. Now, I don't know if they were Sam Houston Auditorium staff members or if they were – uh, UWF staff members, but there was guys in red and white coats that were just like yelling at people to get away. People were losing their fucking shit over this match. And then we dive right into Bear Hug City after a bunch of blows outside. <laughs> they're punching yeah. the shit out of each other outside. Then they get inside and they're just bear hugging away. There's lots of repetitive moves in this match, I noticed. 
like uh, I think Dagger does Steve Williams does multiple headbutts. He does two like driving headbutts where he like falls down on Terry Gordy. But it, but the fans fucking love this shit. They were licking this shit up, man. They were beating the fucking piss out of each other. Brandon, good. Yeah, these are some big boys, exactly like you said, just whipping the, the uh, absolute shit out of each other. It was and it was the complete and total opposite of what I just spent the past three hours before the po- podcast watching was start. <laughs> There's like 90 second holds where like that end in a, a hair pool to to break it up. <laughs> Terry and Terry Gordy is just truly a, a hideous human being. Yes, and he just, is. Oh God, was he? <laughs> When we were kids, we the guy that was ugly was always the Terry Gordy. <laughs> Just two big, big, stinky men uh, selling their asses off with some high impact spots, but uh, it was it was entertaining. Chris, the, uh, go ahead, Brandon. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chris. Chris, go ahead. It's your baby. So you know, I just wanted to say, like, one of the things that you I don't think you'd ever be able to find again in uh professional wrestling. I mean maybe it'll happen, who knows, but you're going to hard be hard pressed to find the, a guy like Terry Gordy that big that can sell that well. Mm-hmm. Great, he was great at selling. He was whether it be offense or defense. Um like we were talking earlier, he he goes uh he goes for the throw of the right hand, he punches the ring post and when Dr. Death gets him in the ring and immediately starts stomping on his hand. So it's an immediate, like, you know, guy's injured, go after the injured body part. Um, you know, as far as the the the, the bear hugging goes, this was 86. And that's what big men did in 1986. And, and it drugged down. But that crowd was hot as fuck. In the beginning of the match, Dr. Death does the the... Not the diving headbutt, but like the falling over headbutt. That's what I'm talking about, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Like, I think looks like he injures himself. Looks like he clocks himself in the brain immediately. <laughs> and he ends up getting Gordy in a headlock. And I think he's got him in the headlock. It looks like he's trying to shake the cobwebs out. So I think he concussed himself in getting in that match. But like, dude, like they don't make him. <laughs> Like Dr. Death, Steve Williams anymore. Dudes no. do not fucking look like that. Part no. of it is, you know, not everybody's doing fucking steroids, but um, he's building like a fucking barrel. Like he's, he's like you, yeah, t- you take his head off, huge. you take his head off, you jump in, and then you go over Niagara Falls. <laughs> he puts suspenders <laughs> over his shoulders and wear them when you don't have any clothes. Yes. Yes. Um, like seriously though, like I, I'm looking, I'm looking. Uh, I'm looking at Steve Williams during this match, and I'm like, dude, they, they're never going to see another guy that looks like this ever again with the black hair and the big black beard. He's not over the top. He's just a giant dude. He looks like a fucking gorilla. He was a gorilla. legit athlete. Like a gorilla he, a, he looks. Yeah, he did. Um, and it's two big guys. I mean, you're talking two guys just about 300 pounds, over six foot, both of them. I think they had... Steve Williams used to go out listed at six one, but he was actually six four. I don't know why you would make him smaller, but he was actually six four, and he was like two hundred ninety pounds. And and Terry Gordy, who yes is the one of the ugliest human beings in wrestling, uh, is right about the same size, same weight, and they can go. Um, like like you said, they're working a bore and hold. They're doing a lot of um, bear hugs, but man, that crowd is so fucking hot. Yep. So the lead into this must have been insane. And once again, like we were talking about earlier, you have a match that's a, a hot match that ends in a double countout. 
both disqualified, the, double count out. The bad guy yeah. basically then he starts he busts the other guy open, and then he right. just runs away with his hands in the air while people are throwing trash at him. The crowd is still high, <laughs> so fucking infuriated. They're fucking so pissed. This is what's. I mean, it's it's better that I don't know. There's something the mysticism, the magical nature, yeah. almost the yes. telepathy of not telekinesis of convincing people that this was real yes like that these guys really needed to this was a grudge and the only way they were going to be able to settle it was with falling headbutts and hair pulling and, and bear, bear hugs, hugs. <laughs> bearing man nice. i mean it was just great. like there's there's a couple things here though man like first of all bill watts you see his fingerprints all over it dr d's dr death's fucking finishing move is a is a, is a shoulder tackle from a four-point stance yes um <laughs> now to give because jim you i'm sure you already know this but brandon just in case you don't know this bill watts was mid he was mid-south which eventually became the uwf and he worked for um he worked for vince for a little bit and he worked uh for turner he was the original um i guess like booker or the head of wcw before um bischoff before uh bischoff took over yeah. thank you jim he if got fired real by- quick if it wasn't for bill watts jr would never uh, jim ross would never be in professional wrestling right and and, and i'm going to draw that parallel so you notice, Doc, that's, they had that same idea of let's talk about this guy's um, sports pedigree. If he was a football player, it makes him more legitimate. I hate that. I think that's silly, but that's, that's that was a big Bill Watts thing, and it's still a big Jim Ross thing. Uh, Bill Watts was running WCW. Bill Watts did an interview for a small paper talking about how a friend of his owned a restaurant, and uh, he refused to let African-Americans in the restaurant. The township told the town he was in, told him, you can't do that. You have to let everyone in your restaurant. So he closed the restaurant instead of letting African-Americans eat in his restaurant. Uh, and Bill Watts said he respected the man for sticking to his guns. Well, this article ends up on the desk of fucking Hank Aaron. Who immediately <laughs> tells Ted Turner, and Ted Turner fucking fires Bill Watts. Immediately. Um, that's just a little background on dumb dick Bill Watts. Bill Watts, actually, the rumor is, Dusty Rhodes claims that this is what happened, was that he hated the idea of the Shockmaster so much that he had them nail a board so he wouldn't be able to bust through the wall, and that's why he fell over. Bill Watts did. Yeah, um, Bill Watts did, yeah. Dusty Rhodes swore by it. Uh, and then just a little bit of the background because because of this. Um, just so you know, like, all right, so Dr. Death, he ended up doing the uh, brawl for all, got knocked out by Bart Gunn. That was the end of his career. Uh, he, he, I think he went, did he go to Japan after that or was that before? Do you know, Jim? Oh, he was in Japan for years. He and Terry Gordy were a tag team in all Japan, and they were called the uh, Miracle Violence Connection. That's it. They were it, dominant right? in in uh, all Japan because yearly all Japan would have a tag tournament. They were not known for tag team wrestling in general, except for just feud tag teams where one guy's made another guy. So he tags out with another guy and they fight. And then in just eventual t- singles match. But every year they would have these tag team tournaments where it was basically super tag teams. There weren't tag team guys that only wrestled tag teams. This would be Misawa 
and Kobashi Kenta would form a tag team. And now you suddenly had a super tag team. Stan Hansen and um, Bruiser Brody would form a tag team, and now you were suddenly a super tag team. That's how they did it. Yeah. And Miracle Violence Connection was one of them. Terry Gordy was a big singles wrestler in Japan. Steve Williams is a big uh, singles wrestler in Japan, and they got to put them together. And, man, you saw how violent that shit was in, in Mid-South. Imagine what it was in like to them as a tag team. They were just running these guys around outside the ring. It was fucking great. So, the yeah, and then the end of this is uh, Dr. Death Steve Williams. He ended up dying at 49 years old. He had some problems with drugs. Terry Gordy OD'd on painkillers in Japan, ended up with brain damage. And he ended up dying at 40 years old. So both of these guys are gone. Uh, but I thought it would be an interesting change of pace. We don't talk much about the UWF. And we used to get the UWF uh, in Philly. We used to get it on Sunday nights. And that was my first. In, that was our first introduction to DiBiase, mm -hmm. to uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, to a number of people that were down in the UWF. Just to chime in about UWF's history, uh, one of the reasons that they collapsed is that they started to he um bill watts wanted to take mid-south he wanted to go national with it like wwe is nwa was and he started putting shows on and it was in syndication vince got word of this and he just basically took all of his young good talent he took hacksaw jim duggan one man gang ted dibiase he just sucked all these guys up and brought them up to his company uh terry taylor was another one he just took all these guys, and eventually they were dissipated, and they ended up uh, – WCW ended up buying them, I believe. Yeah, Ted Turner bought them with the, – or Crockett bought them, and then Crockett, Crockett sold yeah. to, to Ted Turner. Yeah. yeah. little Great wrestling history for you. Yeah, nice touch. Well done. Yeah, it's interesting. Brandon, was it a fun match to watch? It was, yeah. I, one thing that we didn't mention I thought was enjoyable, like when, when the guys are that huge and especially like the talk about the mysticism, when that match ends and the bell is just ringing endlessly and they just don't yeah. stop fighting, yeah. you almost, like it, you feel like no one can control them. And it's like all of a sudden it doesn't matter that it's a match anymore and they're just going to keep slugging each other and yes. who the hell is going to get them off of each other in this building? <laughs> but it was good. Yeah, and I really appreciate the history Terry, too. Then, like Jim said, eventually Terry Gordon just says, fuck it, and walks out with his yeah. hands raised and he won. Like he won and everybody's throwing fucking bags of Cheetos at him. Yep. Yeah, fun match. Good choice. Right, Is it my turn? Like... Yeah, it's your yeah. turn. Oh, boy. So it's my turn. Um, you know, there's uh, a little show we're going to review later that had a cage match, like an MMA-style match, you know. Guys in the ring, grinding, ground and pound, hurricane ranas. So I decided that <laughs> <laughs> I was going to pick a match. Now, listeners at home, I'm surrounded by I'm I'm lucky enough to be what I consider to be MMA experts in Chris and Brandon. I consider that. You don't have to. I do. But a long time ago, in 2000, 2001, 2002, 1999, I was a huge mixed martial arts fan. The pinnacle of mixed martial arts in 2002 was Pride Fighting Championships. But I Pride Fighting Champions, if you don't know anything about it, um, Nobuhiko Takata created this company called Pride. And his first event was to pit, pick professional wrestlers against actual ma martial artists. And I wouldn't say actual martial artists. In the world of Pride, professional wrestling is a martial art. Other martial artists. 
a lot of them work shoots and stuff like that. But by Pride 21, Pride had become probably the most talked about MMA company on the planet. And one of the most insane fucking matches happened at Pride 21. Professional wrestler Noah Standout, heavyweight champion of the world, <laughs> Yoshihiro Takayama takes on Don Fry. This match is fucking insane. So go check it out. Pride 21, Don Fry versus Yoshihiro Takayama. It's easy to find. It's on. It's The entire fight is about 12 minutes, I would say, 11 minutes. It's on a, a certain company called um, Everyday Moving. I'm not really sure what it's called. I'm not going to say that it's pirate, but it might be. Go check it out. And that's what we're going to watch next week. Chris, thoughts? Can I tell you something? Yes. I fucking watched this match today. Did I, did I, <laughs> send, no, mes- did I no. send messages you to you? Me, the... Yeah, I... You uh, see me... Um, telepathy. You see me... <gasps> telepathy, uh, not telekinesis. <gasps> yes, you see me... Uh, you heard my reactions, because... And, and I've seen this match... Oh, I've seen it so many times. Multiple times. <laughs> multiple times. Um, Every time you watch it, though, man, it's like... What the yeah, fuck? Yeah. 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 I've seen this as well. It starts off pretty hot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is this is pretty fucking... This is pretty sweet. I'm digging this one. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about it from a pro wrestling perspective. Yes, you know what I mean? definitely. Not an definitely. MMA perspective. Although I am surrounded by what I consider MMA experts. Well, you're going to get into some MMA expertise at the... Uh... Oh, God. In a few minutes here, so... All right, so check that out. If you want, we will be reviewing it next week. Please do. Don Fry versus Yoshihiro Takayama from NOAA. That's why this qualifies as wrestling, because he's a professional wrestler. Pride 21. It's from 2002. All right, so next up, what do we got? Talk about NXT? Let's talk about NXT. All right, let's do our usual uh, routine. Brandon, did you check out any NXT? Brandon, I suggest you watch NXT every week. Don't bother I, don't bother watching fucking any of Raw or SmackDown. The Sixers are done. The Flyers have been done. The Phillies are whatever. Watch Phillies are on every night. Watch them next day. Yeah, I think I could probably start to do that for you. Now that every other interest that I have has supremely disappointed me, I think I can carve out an hour for, for you two to watch NXT starting next week. But I didn't watch this week. All right, let me – okay. So, Chris, I'm going to do this a little different this time. I'm going to bring up yeah, some, sure. some cool points, and I'm going to let you talk about them instead of you okay. just running through them. How's that feel? Yeah, because right, yeah, it wasn't that fantastic of a show. It was good, but it I wasn't. I disagree because. No, no, I, we're probably on the same boat. I'm just okay. I'm, I'm verbalizing. So, poor Steven Regal, beleaguered Steven Regal. He's been attacked. He No one's taking him seriously anymore. Johnny Gargano tells him to quit. Give him the power. He doesn't. He brings Samoa Joe in as his enforcer. He brings Samoa Joe in as his enforcer. And we'll talk about this again in in a couple of seconds. Samoa Joe is going to be the enforcer for um, Steven Regal. And first of all, Samoa Joe's fucking... He fucking rules. His entrance music fucking rules, and I'm so happy that he's back. Chris, thoughts? Uh, you took the fucking words right out of my mouth, man. Um, so I guess he wasn't fired. 
Uh, well, listen, was we'll talk about that in a second, but go ahead. Go yeah. Ahead. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, just his, just, you know, when, when they, when they fired him, whatever happened and then the, it circulated the, um, the promo where everybody's in the ring and he comes down and just starts talking shit to everybody. Mm-hmm. And it was like, what the fuck did they do with this dude? How great is this guy? And it immediately starts. And the best part about it, in my opinion, was the fact that Karrion Cross was immediately on his fucking heels and he didn't know what to do. Yeah, it was great. He just fucking tough guy, crazy man. He's yelling at an old man. He's telling him he's weak. Are you crying? The tears were a little much. They were fake as fuck. Mm. Oh, but yeah. He fucking, came out of, his face yeah, was already yeah, soaked. Already <laughs> wet. And, he, and, then, now, and in typical WWE fashion, understand that he cried during in your house as well. So yes. it's like, oh, we did this thing. We like it. Do it again. Well, don't, don't do it again. Do it Chris, again. you don't understand. He was crying all the way for an for two days. Oh, for an, he cried. Sleeping. He hadn't slept and he was crying. Fucking banging, banging an IV in his arms, all the liquid in his body is coming out of his tear ducts. <laughs> I need liquids quickly. So, he. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with Samojo physically, uh, but he is. This is great. Um, couldn't have been better. Uh, like I said, he had. Um, carrying cross on his fucking heels. Dude had, they had it. So the dude had nothing to fucking say. He just, just backed left. away. He left. Backed away and left. This was um, fucking, this was fucking beautifully done. This, this is, was this great. is great pro wrestling. This was, fantastic. This was fucking yes. awesome. Yes. All right. Here, here's uh, a, here's a point for you. Let's put this out there. All right. Let's assume that it wasn't just a work that he got released. Okay. Let's say that he did get released. Then they re-signed him for lower money to be the GM of, because part of his stipulations of becoming the GM's assistant is that he is not allowed to wrestle in the ring. He said it. Regal yeah, said he's it. not a competitor. Yeah. He takes a little bit of a pay cut and re-signs. Does this lead credence to the f- thought that perhaps someone like Braun Strowman might be back quicker than we've thought? Yeah, it does. That WWE is did these releases and is going to try renegotiate contracts possibly. And we might yeah. see this a little bit more. If it's true, of course it's wrestling, so everything's a fucking smokescreen. Well, but is it possible that because they released it, he he was kind of smarky on uh on social media about getting released, not putting down the companies, Samoa Joe I'm talking about. But kind of like, eh, yeah, whatever, buddy. You know, thanks for paying me. But uh, <laughs> It's possible that they like let him go, renegotiate his contract because he was probably making performers money, and he's yes. making a little bit less. Yep. And maybe well, hold now on. He's... Can I? Can yeah, I go add ahead. Something to this. this here, here's something. Maybe not even making a little less. We release you as a performer because he signed his contract. He was still working as a performer. They do that downside guarantee, mm-hmm. and um, we give you uh, whatever he feels like he's going to give you. This is what they say. From pay-per-view revenue, house show revenue, all this other stuff, and merch percentage of your merch. Right. They change. Okay. They, they re- now, renegotiate the contract. Now we renegotiate you and just pay you X amount of it's. It's probably even to what he was getting paid before, but 
uh, more than his downside guarantee, maybe a little bit less than what he would have gotten if he was working in a ring, getting cuts of whatever. But still, now you get X amount per year. This is your contract mm. because they're probably not. And then whatever he's selling online, whatever. But like, you know, you don't have any of that house show revenue where you got me buying your T-shirt that he's never going to wear because it's like a wetsuit, um, <laughs> buying five different T-shirts and six Funko Pops and Becky Lynch goggles. And all this other shit. You understand what I mean, though? Like, I, 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 it's pretty. He's, I'm sure a lot of those guys, like, I'm, I guarantee you, um, Michael Cole, he gets a contract. Right. There's no, oh, you're going to get this amount, but if you do this, then you get more. And then no, there's no, no, it's not incentive based. It's like, here's, this is how much you get paid. And he's not on the road. He no. doesn't do house shows. He and just we, does he the might show. Be, and the he might be working in the performance center, too. Yep. So. This was fantastic, but I'm, I'm sure that's what it was. We're going to release you and rehire you. Yeah, I think so. I fucking love Samoa Joe, and I'm so glad he's back. Brandon Thug. Yeah, so am I. Yeah, I think it's a 95-plus percent chance that's what it is, and a Braun Strowman is probably next. He's probably enjoying some time off. Uh, I'm, I don't think he's even in a rush to come back, but I'm sure you'll see that with, with uh, some of those other big names. It's the first thing that comes to mind. It's also crazy, like – how big WWE is and these billion dollar contracts. It is interesting to like someone sitting there and focusing on that shit. And they're like, we can get another hundred K back from Samoa Joe if we can him and, and let him sit there for three weeks until <laughs> he wants to come back. I mean, that's why they hired this con guy, not Tony. Yeah. That's yeah, the smart I mean, con. Side of it. They hired the smart con brother. Well, Here's the other thing too. I wanted to put out there, like even like a guy like Braun Strowman, right? He goes out there. Uh, I'm working. Uh, I'm not making any extra money. I'm not making any merch money. I'm not making any house show money. Uh, why don't you let me go home for three months, mm. heal up, and then by the time I come back, there'll be crowds. Resign me, and we can go from there. Yeah. You know. It's because I mean, look, so the money. I'm sure he's. Yeah, I'm sure the money he's made over the last few years that he's been in a company is enough for him to say, "Fuck it, I'm going to take three months off. Fire me. Let mm. me out of my contract." Because it's a they have a three month not compete. So let him out. He doesn't compete and he comes back. I theorized about this before, but I'm pretty sure that I'm right, especially after he got cut. But he played his cards, what he thought was well at the time. And when AEW was gobbling guys up, he like held out and didn't sign. And and WWE went into that mode where they're like, we got to keep all of our big guys. And he probably got a bigger number than he would have got otherwise during that time period. Well, they're, he's got to give it right back to him now because they just—they're paying him nothing for three to six months now. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think he's going anywhere. No, there's no way. I, like I said, it, it was so that was out of all of them. Like Samoa Joe, you got a guy that you're paying a lot of money. You're paying performer money, and he's behind the desk. But Braun Strowman, and not not to mention Samoa Joe was always great, and they never signed him. He's you know last as, ten years uh, they signed that dude. As Bruce Pritchard said. He was from the wrong Samoan family. Yeah, he, he was, was from the wrong family. He wasn't a member of the family. He was just a fat Samoan to Vince. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> fucking fucking insane. Fucking <laughs> insane. Oh, All right, let's move on. Um, so uh, we get um, Kushida has a match. It's whatever. The guy couldn't. This is what it is, yeah. Yeah, the guy couldn't put him over the top rope. Three times he tried to put him over the top rope. He couldn't do it. Um, but more importantly, uh, Kyle O'Reilly comes out and just says, you know what? I want to fight the best in the world. You want to fight the best in the world. Let's fucking do this. Let's fight. And Kushida says, let's fucking do this. This is going to be awesome. I mean, we've seen it multiple times, but I like Kushida versus fucking Kyle O'Reilly, so I'm into it. 
Great. Can we re- can we rewind? Yes. So they were both told that they had to pick him. Both they both. Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole had to pick had to pick him, people they were going to work against the following week, um, and now they're going to wrestle again at the Great American Bash. But they get into a tussle backstage. Now Samojo isn't allowed. To touch oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless, that's right. Go ahead. Unless he's provoked, and of course. Dickhead Adam Cole shoves him out of the way and gets choked the fuck out. It's it's and Samoa Joe says when he wakes up, tell him he's tell him he's gotta pick somebody for a match. <laughs> My favorite part of that whole segment was that Adam Cole was getting choked out, and like the spaz kid that you have to grab from behind and pull him out of a fight, he's going. <laughs> Get off me! Yeah. Get off me! Get off me! And then he falls Samoa asleep. Joe, Samoa oh Joe's going, shut up! Shut up! It was so good. Uh, yeah, this was good. Dude, this Samoa was Joe good. was fucking amazing in the show. Yeah. Glad he's back. But we're getting Kyle O'Reilly versus Kushida, which, That's you know, as a longtime New Japan fan, I've seen this a couple times, but every time it's been fucking spectacular, and one of their matches was uh, close to, like, match of the year. This should be fucking spectacular. Kushida's amazing, and so is Kyle O'Reilly. Chris? Yep. Yeah, I agree, man. Fantastic. Stoked. Brandy, excited to see that? Absolutely, yeah. It's definitely motivated me to tune in. Uh, I, I owe that to you guys as I co-hosts. Can, I can almost guarantee you this, Brandon. This match, watching these two guys wrestle, will be more exciting than watching Ben Simmons not shoot a basketball. <sighs> I don't want to go into this, but I, I read this whole article about how Apparently Ben Simmons' stepsister was sexually molested or something. Did you read this, Brandon? I have no idea. Brandon would know. Yeah, he had like you know, very quietly during the playoffs, there was like some kind of personal family. Just what basically what you said came out, and people were theorizing if that had something to do with his, some, you know, re- relative mental breakdown in the NBA playoffs. Yeah, the coach, yeah, because that is. I guess the that coach. Is what happened. The coach was like. Listen, we're real people too. We're just in the spotlight and we deal with fucking shit and sometimes we can't deal with it. But he didn't say it was like as an excuse or this is the reason why. It's fucking crazy, man. That's insane. Lay off this fucking guy. Stop saying to trade him. All right, let's move on because I don't know anything about basketball. <laughs> I just know about human personal relationships. Be nice to people. Yeah, it's not hard. All right, Chris, I got this for you. Go Ready? fuck yourself. Yes. <laughs> in something that was immediately, as soon as they showed. Ted DiBiase in the ring with those fucking security guards. <laughs> and that fucking championship, you knew this was coming. Yep. LA Knight comes in the ring. Thanks, Ted DiBiase. And I thought he was going to do a tried and true statement that's been done. Tried and true. And say, it's always a pleasure to meet your your heroes. But then you meet them and they let you down. He pretty much did that, though. And he beat the living shit out of the Million Dollar Man. It went on a little bit long for my liking. But this it was, was a little fucking, rough. It was. It took a little long, but it was fucking good. I was laughing and cheering for the Million Dollar Man to die. Does that make me a bad person? Chris, thoughts? That makes you... Well, I, look, I need <laughs> to live in a world where the Million Dollar Man is the worst human being ever. Mm-hmm. This is this backwards, upside-down, topsy-turvy world that we live in today where the Million Dollar Man... Is lovable. Is it baby face? No. Can't be. Um, can't be. Um, He's fucking Vince McMahon. I... He's the wrestling version yeah. of Vince McMahon, the real person. Not wrestling version of Vince McMahon, Mr. McMahon. When 
I noticed something that he that L.A. Knight does, and he it, it, it's you know it, it, I think it's why this went on a little. This got a little rough. He does a great job of it, but what happens is is he acknowledges what the fans are doing, and then he talks shit to the fans. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to listen. Sometimes he does that behind the the, the podium NWA shit. Yeah, which right? is. Listen, listen, in defense of uh, L.A. Knight, and, you know, I'm going to keep defending L.A. Knight because I fucking love him, but in defense of him, he does promos like a human being would do promos. I agree with you. He isn't this robotic WWE, blah, 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 I'm a robot, next segment thing. So he acknowledges the, the fans. And to build to this whole turn, which was obvious as soon as he came out there, was... He was kind of like pausing and he was kind of like, listen, I got to collect myself. He did that a couple, a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. I think he leaned into yeah. it a little bit too much yeah. where, where it dragged the entire segment out. Well, we often forget too, that that's why you're at NXT. Yes. To get that. That's where out. that's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was great though. And then Cameron Grimes runs in and, and does the baby face save. And it was fucking great. I thought the segment was fun. Yeah, it definitely was. I don't know in what world Ca- uh, Cameron Grimes is a, uh, Cameron Grimes is a uh, babyface. I don't we'll know what, what in what world Million Dollar Man's a babyface. Yeah, here it's, we are. It's insanity. <laughs> it's just top, it's topsy-turvy world we live in. Brandon, any thoughts? No, I don't have anything on this one. I'll have to check it out. I, yeah, I do love L.A. Knight every time he comes out, so um, hopefully he, he gets a better thing than this fucking uh, – Ted DiBiase thing, even though you guys enjoyed it, I'd like to see him get some bigger spots on NXT. But that's well, he is the, he gets the million dollar title, and he's like, I don't need you anymore. Now I'm the million dollar champion. Uh, okay. He beats the shit out of the yeah. million dollar man. He beats the shit out of him. Yeah. So he's in a good spot. So I think we'll get, a, we'll get a blow off, I think, against Cameron Grimes, and he'll beat Cameron Grimes, and he'll move on to something else. Well, there's there's a uh, there, we're going to get into a little bit something that's kind of related to this in a few minutes, but. It's a little crowded at the top. Yeah, it is. In NXT. Yeah. And, uh, we'll talk about it in a minute. Yeah, we're going to talk about that soon. Uh, there was a pretty good match between uh, Raquel Gonzalez, Dakota Kai, versus Catanzaro and Carter. Very fun match. I was very shocked that um, the announcers had never seen wrestling like Catanzaro and Carter have ever done because they've never watched, what, junior tag matches before? <laughs> I mean, or or I'm sorry, or or the matches that they called of theirs. <laughs> They're just like freaking out about Fuck, this shit. And you're like, man. yeah, we've seen all those before. What the fuck are you watching? Very fun we've match though. T- it's not a new tag team. Yeah. It's oh nice god. to have them back. Oh my god, I've never seen anything like that before. Yeah, we saw it last time they were together. Let me ask you this. Yeah, good. Now, would it be inappropriate to continue to yes. refer to her as Casey COVID Zaro now that COVID is mysteriously gone? No, she's forever KV, Casey Covid's are. Uh, it's good. official. We're in Florida, and you can breathe in each other's faces down here. I didn't do anything wrong. That's how I imagine she speaks. Last but not least, tornado tag match: Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher versus the Grizzled Young Vets. This was fucking awesome. I yeah, love Timothy. Good. Timothy Thatcher's fucking awesome. I don't I don't buy the Grizzled Young Vets yet. I don't even like them. British wrestling. I'll I tell don't... you one great thing about this match. The one thing that annoys me the most 
about the grizzled young vets is this speech that he does when he's coming down the ring with the yeah. stuttering. Yeah, stupid. This is British wrestling to a T. I don't get it. And as soon as he started yelling at a mic, they got beat up. Big fan that of that. Was good. Always a big fan of that. As soon as you start talking shit, the ass kicking comes. It was like the the um, the uh, acclaimed guy when he was talking shit about Renee Young, and he as soon as he said, "Hey, he got beat up." Yeah, I love that shit. Yeah, it was a good match. A fucking this good, good match. Yeah. Good show. Great ending. Yeah, good show. Great ending. Yeah, it was. Brandon, next week, watch NXT. Forget everything else. It's fun. Yeah, I think I was. I think I was letting the fact number two things. I was letting the fact that. Uh, Kushida wrestled a bum. I understand why they did whatever. Because this kid, they had a, they had like a, a, uh, a little video piece done on this kid, which was like, and I was like, he is every indie wrestler I've ever watched in my entire life. Unattractive, not fit. Yeah, not fit. Bad hair. Yeah. And he know. three times he tried to get Kushida over the top rope, and he couldn't do it. Till eventually <laughs> Kushida rolled underneath the bottom rope and then took his arms, legs out with his arms. Which is what a pro does. He's like, you can't do this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna work it on my own. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking control here. Yeah, he was supposed to do the roll over the top rope, forearm, and then leg sweep the guy out, which is usually his yeah. move. But the guy could not get him over the top rope. I was just like, yeah, dude, lift the weight. Once again, NXT proves that they are the best weekly show by far. I think at this point, you know, over the over the year of 2021, when everything's getting back to normal. I think Stardom is the best company for big shows, and I think NXT is by far the best company week to week. They have they have some bum ass shows, but the bum ass shows are still have entertaining parts. I think it's definitely show to watch. I suppose. And it is a weekly it is a weekly wrestling show. You are going to get some bum ass fucking just shit in a weekly wrestling show. Yeah, yeah. It's just part of it. But to our point earlier, a um, little crowd at the top in NXT. So news came out that. Uh, uh, Karrion Cross and Bronson Reed both worked dark matches on SmackDown, including Karrion Cross working single without Scarlett Bordeaux. And apparently she, according to reports, is going to wrestle without him and then wrestle with him. So I think he's definitely coming up to the top, whether he comes with Scarlett Bordeaux or not, because WWE does love to break up their acts from NXT. We're yeah, we're a little crowd at the top. We got to move some people around. Chris, thoughts on next day? Yeah, well, I mean, I've been saying that about Karrion Cross for a while that he was going to win the Rumble next year, and I'm standing by that. Don't be surprised if that happens. Um, to break them up would be ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's WWE. Just so just, WWE just, but he's going to do it. So you yeah. know, it's that. See, her and him together is not Vince's idea. So we it came from to, somewhere else, so he yeah, can't, so he can't stand we by have it. to erase it. Um, yeah, and uh, and Bronson Reed, another one though. You look at him; he's another. He's got Vince written all over him. Mm-hmm. He looks like Avalanche for Christ's sake. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, it's tugboat tugboat 2.0. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I I I'm not surprised that these guys are moving up, and they got a clear house there. Uh, the only issue is is that some of the better guys in NXT right now are smaller guys, and they're not Vince guys. Johnny Gargano, not a Vince guy. No, he's not small. at all. He's way too small. Um, but, you know, on the flip side of that, AJ Styles by no means should have been a Vince guy, and he is. Yep. So you never know. Um, but there's a lot of guys. Now, 
you know, it's funny because I constantly contradict myself and it's too Gargano's credit. I get sick of Gargano and then he does one thing and I think he's the fucking greatest thing ever. And then next week I get kind of sick of him again. And then he does another thing because he's, cl- he's, he's really good at what he does. Um, and, uh, but you know, he'll just end up falling into the, I could see him falling into Leo rush where he's just following some jump giant around and telling him how great he is the whole time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, um, we'll see what happens. I mean, there's really not much to say about it other than that. Those two I see coming up, the rest of them, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. I, I think that, uh, once shit gets touring and you need people to work house shows, that's when you're going to see a lot of these guys go up. You might not see them on TV every week, but they're going to be working yeah. Wednesday night in Reading, PA. And also, you know, if you think about it, the pool of quote-unquote Vince guys is thinning out. There aren't many of them out there anymore. Yeah, just in general. Like, just in general. You look across the board in the United States, you look in Japan, there aren't many of these guys who are like, oh, Vince, Vince would love him. Every Just... Those dudes aren't really around anymore. Vince going to be dead anyway soon. Brandon thoughts. Ah! Yeah, he has to drop dead sooner or later. Yeah, my manager to see. I would like to see. The three of us combined. I hope he dies. Maybe that's uh. Is it fair to say Karen? Yeah. Is it fair to say Karrion Cross keeps crying? Maybe Vince is going to bring him up to the roster, change his name to Karrion Cries. They like to mess with these guys. He wasn't crying. That was that was um. Christmas spoke. It wasn't him that was crying. It was um. That was Regal. Regal. Oh, Regal's crying. Yeah, Regal's yeah, yeah. crying. Oh, no, Ryan Karrion Cross is way too fuck manly that to joke, cry. Ben. <laughs> fuck that joke, Trash it. Fuck that joke. <laughs> <laughs> Karrion Cross is way too tough to cry. He screams. He calls out, rage. He calls out Batista in a fucking in a shitty conference room at a defunct hotel, uh, casino in Atlantic City. <laughs> All right, Brandon. We haven't heard from you in a while. So let's move on to AEW. Ooh. <laughs> okay, it's time. Brandon, I'm going to let you, you ride shotgun on this one because uh, I got notes, but this was a very frustrating show to watch. This was, let's do it, guys. This was tough. So, um, yeah, we got a little uh, cage match. Go ahead, Brandon. You want to start with this? Yeah, sure. Why okay. Not? <laughs> would you rather would you rather be the home run at the end? Well, yeah, I was trying to decide if I wanted to do the good, the bad. Well, I don't know, man. They're in like a. Let's go with the good. Let's go with the they're good. Just, they're just punting through some of this stuff. Let's go with the good because I'd like to have you find anything good on the show. That'd be amazing. Go ahead. Yeah, I, mean, I thought the most interesting thing had happened. I was positive. We continue to talk about how Miro's good. Yes. Penelope Ford defeats Julia Hart. Um, and then pretty pretty quick match, but she chokes her out and just refuses to let go. And the varsity blondes come in to stand up for Julia Hart. That's when Miro rages out. He comes in on behalf of Penelope Ford, which if you remember the last time they were in the ring together, he got slammed into her and then into a wedding cake by Orange Cassidy. And I think in his like psycho Miro mind that they're that they're uh, trying to give him, he's like still thinks he's friends with Kip Sabian. This is going to be his way back into the fold as if he as if he just storms out and starts beating the shit out of Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman. So I actually did think that that was an entertaining segment. It was when I saw Penelope Ford and Julia Hart, and I know we talk about how 
Like they don't do enough with the women. That's fine. I never would have thought that that match would have led to what it did. And yeah. for, you know, for that, I'll, I'll give it something good. Yeah, the match itself was not good at all. But the Miro, when he comes out and he says, "I'm God's favorite champion." He's Jesus's favorite wrestler. Yeah. I'm God's favorite cha- favorite champion. And then he just goes with this crazy like. I'm trying to defend your honor and your husband is still injured home and he can't do it. And he just starts beating the shit out of everybody. But then we get him versus Brian Pillman Jr. coming out of this. So he's got like a feud to deal with next week, two weeks. He's got something to do. It's fine. I like Miro. Keep him on my TV. He's fun. Right. You know, he's going to kill Brian Pillman, but you know, that, these are the little kind of like one to two week stories. If you're going to have him be on TNT wrestling every week, every other week, like that, that was probably all that I had for the good, but let's, let's just get back to this, this uh, MMA cage fight that we get to start off the show here. Um, I would spend a decent amount of time thinking about this, trying to think of like, was there a right way to do this? Because it, watching it, if it, it really didn't feel like it. And I don't think or it didn't feel like this was the right way to do it. And I think the answer just is that there isn't a right way to do this. It's such a ridiculously silly idea that I don't know how they could have executed it. I, you know, we'll talk a little bit more next week with this Pride 21 thing. Maybe if a way, maybe they should have done <laughs> that. An example of this. <laughs> they done that. But this was so. And I like Jimmy mentioned we spent a decent amount of time watching like the actual MMA fights. It was so bad as an MMA fight. And it also wasn't an entertaining wrestling event. Was, so I don't know. They, they just did two things poorly. So I don't know what they were going for. Like people don't watch professional wrestling because they want to see MMA. And someone that's an MMA fan is not going to watch this and say, oh, that was great. I'm going to start watching professional wrestling. So this was just generally overall a stupid idea. Once again, the guys that they like the stick at the top of the fucking card are in the worst storylines. Right. Uh, Chris, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. So, uh, first of all, first of all, let me chime in with my expertise. Okay. I'm sorry to cut you off. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Chris, what do you got? First of all, I am an expert in Muay Thai judo and jiu-jitsu i took six total classes so my opinion matters go ahead chris so let's start off with what there was one total difference between the rules oh i'm sorry there were no pins so there were two total differences between the rules in an mma match and a wrestling match and really it was no pins and you couldn't rope break. No rope breaks. Everything, yeah. So everything was pretty much just a a regular wrestling match because technically there's no close fists in wrestling, but they do that all the time, so it doesn't matter. Um, Wait, but there's no so, close fists in the in the cage match? No, in professional wrestling. Oh, okay. They, they were allowed, okay. There are in the cage match, but they do that all. They punch each other right, in the right, face right, right, right. wrestling Not all the time. That, right, out the right. fuck. Yeah. that rule's been out the window for twenty fucking years. But okay? if you go to Japan, everybody does elbows. Right. For us. So there's that. That's what starts it. So now if you remember in the beginning, they're playing into the fact that the only reason that Wardlow was be able to get out of Jake Hager's submissions was he kept breaking rope breaks. Mm-hmm. Second, aside from Nate Diaz, who is a fucking lunatic 
in real life, um, nobody in an MMA fight punches another guy in the face and then steps back and admires his work. He's the only one that does that. And he's fucking Nate Diaz. He's out of his fucking tree. He's allowed to do that shit. Uh, they talked about how Wardlow has a background in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Okay, okay, sorry. I now, something else. I am. I don't know if he does or he doesn't. Chris, I have a background in Jiu-Jitsu in Brazilian so, Jiu-Jitsu. I took I'm going to tell you classes. this right now. I watched that dude move on the ground. He has no background in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He looked like shit. To say that. Why did they say that? Where was the benefit of saying <laughs> Right? He learned, Chris, he was in my class. He learned to shrimp when I did. I just. Jiu-jitsu, yo, listen. If you get a fucking tub of shit like me and you throw me on my back, I could move around pretty well. This motherfucker, it wasn't even slightly believable that this dude knew what the fuck he was doing. And I think that if you're trying to say like, hey, look, MMA fans, watch this, or this will kind of be like, it'll give you a taste of MMA, but in the <laughs> sports entertainment world, but we're going to do it so poorly. And if you watch MMA, you're going to look at this and you're going to be like, this is the worst fucking fake MMA fight I've ever seen in my life. Because people watch movies about MMA and they go, oh, that was a good movie. Oh yeah. They watch fucking John Wick who strings together eight judo moves and four fucking Brazilian jiu-jitsu submissions in fucking three seconds. And they go, that could never happen in real life, but guess what? It looked fucking great. Brandon, John Wick this just rules. looked like shit. Brandon, go ahead. This thoughts. was just terrible. Brandon, go ahead. Yeah, amongst those moves, uh, Jake Hager sprinting across the cage to football tackle Wardlow and then immediately just popping back up and walking away from him and telling yeah, he, him to get up. Like, why would you burn all your energy to do he that? Sh- he ran across <laughs> the cage, shot a double leg, took him down. Right. And then the, the jujitsu expert, the guy with the jujitsu background, didn't put him in his fucking guard. He just laid there. And then he got up and said, come on, let's do it again. And then, and my, then personal, again. my personal favorite move of the the evening was Wardlow getting getting Jake Hager onto his shoulders with his groin facing his face and then just dropping him not onto his back, but back onto his feet against the side of the cage and then they both disperse and stagger in different directions <laughs> as the announcers go oh a power bomb <laughs> what the this fuck is so this shit was so corny and, man and jake well, Hager, was... who, who does actually mma fight legitimately gassed in an eight minute fake mma wrestling fight. yeah look, he looked like he was gonna fucking die he was dead he was done yeah his jaw was hanging and then yo and let me just point this out uh, if I can skip ahead, once again, they go to the WWE well, and um, he gives Jericho the finger while he's getting choked out. Yeah. And oh, yeah, we didn't what... get to the finish. Go ahead, Brandon. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's it. I mean, yeah, I, I got nervous when I saw three rounds, and I was like, oh, no, please tell me this isn't going to mm. be three rounds. But thankfully, right at the, the halfway point in the second round, Hager sinks in as – I don't even know what kind of choke that it was, and and, and arm, and it was it was just, it, yeah, it was an arm triangle, but it was it was was what it was. And he made sure to uh, not tap, but to give the the finger to the to the world as his, his lights supposedly go out, and then mm-hmm. we get a little uh, Habib McGregor action here as as all of the boys come raining into the 
into the cage. Tenman comes in, starts beating up Hager, I guess, because he's so gassed. <laughs> Dean Malenko makes his way out there, and they rem- they rem- they remind you uh, that Dean Malenko is going through Parkinson's as MJF punches him in the face and drops him onto the, the oh. mat. So, yo, I'll dr- yo, I, I gotta say, I love shit. that. I'll drop, I'll drop a Parkinson's <laughs> patient in a second. I'll I love that. Fuck. I've Just got like all around. I've got yeah, that one. Was, yo, Go I, ahead. I was very happy. I was very happy. I can't stand anything MJF does. I was very happy with MJF so punching fucking Blake fucking in the great. face. That made I me laugh. I laughed my ass. But then off. the other thing was is like, and I think I would attribute it to like what you said, where where um, where uh, Hager was just so gassed out in this thing, he just totally blew up. Was that like, yo, know, if we're in a match that's like we're supposed to be grappling or we're supposed to be fighting, so they get to the ground, and he's doing moves that are legit moves. But he can't really do them. And he I'm sure he knows how to do them. But you can't do them and you got a guy helping you do them. And you like the triangle. He couldn't get the triangle sunk in. But but, but you got a guy helping you do them. Hold on, hold on, hold on. But this the di- 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 difference here is that these moves, you know, jujitsu moves, a lot of these submissions are used in professional wrestling. But it's professional wrestling. So when someone uses like an arm bar, an Americana or something like that, you know what I mean? Like you're just like, oh, it's professional wrestling. So they're not going to tap out right away like they would in real life. They kind of roll around right. a little bit and kick and they grab the rope and everything. It's like, no, your right. arm would right. be destroyed. This yeah, is so, in submissions the, are instantaneous. Right. In, in the real world, in real fighting and in this cage, being that I'm an expert, I took six classes, you would be you would instantaneously give up. But they were using professional wrestling rules in the cage and it no, looked I understand cheesy that. as fuck but it looked cheesy as fuck is what it, it is. looked cheesy as fuck and yeah. here's the other thing like i said he put him in a triangle and he c- couldn't really sit the triangle didn't like he didn't technically have it like it looked didn't sink it in and like you have a guy like the guy's not fighting you like he was so gassed he couldn't pivot his body <laughs> to put him in the fucking triangle. Right. You know what I mean? It was like it was the equivalent of me. I'm in class and I'm doing I'm drilling a triangle on somebody and I go through all the steps in my head and it is super smooth and it's very easy because the guy that I'm giving the triangle is just letting me fucking do it so I can get all the steps down. Right. And this is essentially what's happening. But Hager is so fucking gassed. He can't pivot his fucking body on the ground. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? You're a legit fighter. How are you not ready for this? They could have done, like, just give me, like, three minutes of somewhat legitimate-looking mixed martial arts. Hager mollywops him, and then we get out of there, and it was like, oh, it kind of felt like a real fight. He was pounding his head. Like, just anything. But the Uh, Wardlow doing it, throwing a hurricanrana down, and then they disperse for, like, 10 seconds. It's just like, like, I can't believe my eyes. And then then them saying, oh, hurricanrana, Wardlow falling back on his pro wrestling training. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I just got to say that AEW. This was the. AW is the wrestling federation equivalent of hitting a 60-year-old man with Parkinson's disease. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you something right off the bat. This was the one match, like, I couldn't wait to watch it because oh, yeah. I knew it was going to be, be a so, fucking train wreck. Like, if you went into this as a professional wrestling fan and you went into this thinking this was going to be good, you're a fucking fool. I just wanted to see how bad it was going to be. 
it lives up to expectations. I mean, listen, I think I think I'm at the point right now where if you turn on AEW and you look me in the face and you tell me that the show is great, I am I'm I'll show you a fucking liar. Oh, well, I got a guy that pretends that he's some kind of shoot fighter who comes in the uh, into the bar all the time. He uh, <laughs> he loves AEW. Shoot, he's a shoot fighter. Shoot fighter. Shoot fighter. <laughs> does he call himself? Does he call himself a? a, a I think he told me he calls himself a cage fighter. I'm a cage fighter. Cage fighter. I'm a shoot fighter. Yeah, I'm a cage oh, fighter. One time yeah. I was fighting some named person, and then what I do is I'll put on Predator or something like that with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I was like, "Could you beat Arnold Schwarzenegger in a fight?" Yeah, I can beat him. He's, he's not properly trained. And I go, "He beat the Predator. Did you ever kill a Predator?" <laughs> and he goes, "No, the Predator's not real." And I go, "Are you sure about that?" And then I'll put on another Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. And I'll, be and like, then you'll, you, I'll mean, put on the Terminator. And I'll be like, you think you can beat Arnold Schwarzenegger in this? Listen, Arnold Schwarzenegger isn't properly trained in fighting. He's a fucking robot. You think you could break the arm of a robot? And he gets like, fucking dork. I hate that guy. I hope he listens to my podcast. Fuck you. Never come back. All right, let's move on. <laughs> I love it. All right, any more uh, notes? Brandon. Because I got lots. I don't. What do you got? Go ahead. Give okay, me something. Let's talk. let's talk about this. So we get the Andrade Cien Almas interview. El Idolo. El Idolo. He speaks mostly Spanish, which is fucking amazing. It's awesome. Why force the guy to speak English? He doesn't have to. And then he says he has a surprise. He and Vicky have a surprise. This is Selena Vega, right? Or we're morons. It's got to be Selena Vega. Brandon? That or yeah, I, I feel like it has to be Selena Vega. That or they're going to go for the last for, last of the Forbidden Doors here, and maybe some Ring of Honor connections coming over. Isn't he boys with all those guys? He is with uh, Terrible and uh, Rouge. So it's possible. Yeah. Mm. Have we seen any Ring of Honor guys in AEW yet, though? I don't think no. so. I don't no. think. No. Then I don't think they're coming. We've no. seen Impact. We haven't seen Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor's a touring brand now. Chris bought tickets. We're going in Philly. No, he didn't. Chris didn't bring, <laughs> buy tickets. Chris is not going to Chris, fucking Chris, shit. Chris said he was buying tickets. <laughs> I'm excited for this. I think I think that he needs he could use a uh, female mouthpiece. It'd be amazing, and not Vicky Guerrero. That's not Vicky Guerrero. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Vicky Guerrero, how about the uh, that fucking um, the promo by the women's champion? What the hell's her name again? Dr. Britt Baker, and she's got Reba there, and Vicky Guerrero comes out and says, My client is going to face you for the championship. Shut up and stop. Shut up. I said I'm speaking. It was a fucking terrible promo. Yeah, I'm having like flashbacks to 2006 or whenever she was doing that on SmackDown. I'm just like, oh, no, not this again. But she's wrestling, I guess. Britt Baker was legit like, (laughs) hey, keep it moving. Keep it moving. And she was just like, and I'm just going to blah, blah, blah. Not good. Anything else? (laughs) I got got something. Okay. We're going to go go backwards because I was doing something while you guys were talking. I got lots more. Uh, I am on Real Wardlow's Instagram page. Excellent. Okay. Now, um, there's a lot of pictures of him being a wrestler. And there's a lot of pictures of him. He thinks he's Superman. There's a lot of, you know, pictures side to side, side to side of him and Superman. So he thinks that. Now, I'm going to tell you this as a. You know, Superman can fly, right? Can he fly? Yeah. I saw him do a Hurricane Ronnie. He He barely got off. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something about um, jujitsu, Brazilian jujitsu. 
Don't tell me. Uh, I, I took six glasses. No, no. Yeah, well, you already know this. I'm sure you I'm a shoot writer. You've, you've spent time with me. Um, Brilliant. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu <laughs> is the uh, opposite of Fight Club, where uh, if you do Jiu-Jitsu, all you fucking do is tell people you do Jiu-Jitsu. It's like CrossFit, same thing. Jiu-Jitsu shirts, Jiu-Jitsu fucking this. Right, right, right. I got you. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. There's not one fucking picture of this guy in a fucking gi, in a fucking rash guard, in a fucking jiu-jitsu school. Chris and is pissed about that. Me, I know. He's pissed Chris, Chris realized. No, no. It's stolen valor. And Chris no. also realized he wasted so much money on jiu-jitsu shirts. <laughs> I, listen. I don't waste shit. Listen. I, listen. My How counter, are people I'm gonna counter supposed to this. know that I do jiu-jitsu if I don't wear jiu-jitsu shirts everywhere I go? <laughs> Chris, I'm going to counter this point. I'm an expert. Oh, by the way, this shirt has Hordak on it, so no jiu-jitsu. <laughs> I'm an expert at jerking off. I never wear t-shirts with jerking off. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I'm an expert. <laughs> hey, uh, guys, how that's, about... That's um, BJJ Valor. That's, how about that time you uh, Brazilian jerked jerk, off? Jerk my, jerking Jimmy. Brazilian jerking Jimmy. How about Brock Anderson? You want to talk about him? Yes, that's what I was going to go for. Hey, Brandon. All right. How about that Brock oh, Anderson? Is he oh. for real or what? What the fuck was oh, I watching? Oh, my God. Is he going to be good? <laughs> he I is going to be a star. He took his boat shoes off, and he got his first AEW victory. Went right to Dynamite. You got to love nepotism in front of his daddy, Arn Anderson. He gets a, a big round of applause and... and Actually gets the pin on poor Aaron Solo. Who do, who do we think is next? I'm wondering if I've, I've – you guys can go back to the match, but a question for you guys. In this the AEW world of nepotism, who is the next child or family member of an old wrestler on this show that's going to make their way make their way in? Jake the Snake ooh, ooh, has ooh, called me, me, in. Ooh, ooh, me, 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 me. Got... Tessa Blanchard. She's a racist. Bring her in. Tessa Blanchard. Yeah, she's yeah, a, she's pretend, a hard, yeah. hard R N word kind of girl. Bring her in. She'd be perfect for AEW. Yeah. There you go. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they did that. Sam Houston, John Moxley's baby, Paul White's wife from the the Big Show show on Netflix. Somebody's <laughs> everybody's got to get their their plus one in on on Dynamite here. Brooke Hogan's coming back. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody gets a plus one, but this was Arn Anderson's week, and I just was truly disgusted watching this. This was so. fucking terrible. This is so, really what I'm I... signing up for. This is the reason why, like, I have to change the structure of me watching professional wrestling. I was blessed that that Stardom show showed up when it did, because I watched that and I was riding fucking high. I was riding high like professional wrestling was the greatest thing on the fucking planet. I had a galaxy mind when it came to professional wrestling and entertainment because I understood stardom and I loved it. And then I had to watch AEW. And I got a giant shit sandwich and fucking blue trunks, bad hairline, no musculature, no moveset, musculature. jammed into my mouth, told to chew on it and say, yes, this is going to be great. Arn Anderson's son, who is a duplicate of Arn Anderson, is going to be very entertaining. Also, after the match is over, he doesn't even do a promo. He just leaves. And we're supposed to expect this guy to be a star? He's a fucking clown, a chump. He looks like a fucking jobber in that get-up. 
Terrible, terrible, <laughs> terrible, fucking terrible. He was just He's like, gonna rock, dude. No, you're lying. I'm getting all of us. I'm getting all of us. Brock Anderson t-shirts. Listen, a legacy is born. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pose this question. Do you think that Cody Rhodes is uh, his ego is this big or he's this delusional that he thinks that the reason why he's this like mid card feud guy is he thinks that he's like, I see promise in these guys. And if they wrestle with me, that's totally what he does. They'll be seen as being better. Yes. Yeah, that's totally what he, so thinks. he thinks that he's given them the Cody Rhodes rub. He thinks that he is the should be at the top of the card, but he has relegated himself and his greatness. Yeah, he's so altruistic. I've come down he's to a, you to make you better. He's the person that buys a homeless guy a, a hoagie at Wawa and then takes a picture of him with the hoagie and posts it on Facebook and yep. is like, "Look what I did today! I did this nice thing." Yep. Wait, you're not you're not supposed to do that. No. <laughs> I gave it. To, I, I gave, saw a homeless. I saw a homeless guy sleeping in a shopping cart. And I took the shopping cart and pushed it down the bridge on Market Street, but I didn't take a video of it. We were trying to get him a ride to work. I was trying trying to get him on the L. I figured he'd just go right down the escalator, but and roll right into the train. Wait, is this the same guy that walked into my house? No, no, it's a different man. I actually screamed at him. I thought maybe he was dead, but then I saw his stomach moving. And uh, I'll send you guys the video. Oh, my God, no. (laughs) Chris is kidding, by the way. Um, how about Penta, uh, Penta's new makeup, makeup? He looks a little bit like the lady gremlin from gremlins too. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of it. It needs to go. Pull, pull that out every once in a while. Uh, Joker, not cool. Joker, uh, lame. Fucking Joker, whack. Joker, Joker, bad guy. whack. Joker, evil. If you're a baby mm-hmm. face, you shouldn't be the Joker. Sorry. This was all the people. This was all, all the people that posted that post pictures of the Joker on their Instagram, and then when you know there were protests for Black Lives Matter and George Floyd, they were like, "They can't let him do these things." Yes. Chaos is asshole. cool as long as it oh, supports no. my, my <laughs> ideas. Oh no, they're burning things. All right, Brandon, you got anything else? Because I got more stuff. Hey, I mean, I've got stuff. I'm just. Uh mentally and emotionally defeated but uh i'm at a point about, where i'm completely delus- delusional and just okay. making silly noises and did we see did, did you guys happen to catch you know jungle boy is going to be fighting for the title soon they do a backstage this. segment <laughs> i saw huh? every single minute of this show. okay yeah to be honest Boy, with you, this... i saw it happen and i fast forwarded through it yeah this this was particularly bad in my opinion because they're trying to give jungle boy a push here and if kenny omega is running circles around you in a in a backstage segment, that's not good. He mm. he did almost nothing. They, Kenny Omega's doing. I in this hand, I got a punt for Jungle Boy. In this hand, I got a punt for Jungle Boy. What do you got? And Jungle Boy just goes. Uh, I mean, I'd rather just fight you next week in the ring, I guess, for the title. And that's it. That's all that the guy says. They did this whole segment is designed to build up Jungle Boy doing something. Ugh. There's just like so flat indie shit. You feel like you're watching, like it. It feels like what I thought Impact would be. I, I... go ahead, Jim. Do you have anything on this? No, it sucked. Then we got the Aerosol Boys. This is our third, fourth week now where they did a match was decided by uh, Aerosol spray can. Oh uh, yeah. It, also, they um, 
Don Callis comes on commentary. He's like, I don't know where Jackson brother number six is. He might be out with millionaires. You're like, Get oh, board. God, he's going to yeah. fucking interfere. Here we go. And I, you know what? You know what I did? Let's take a look at my notes, and I'll tell you what I did. Skip the predictability of the main event, and I turned it off. And guess what? It came true. As soon as he started talking about how he wasn't around, I was like, yeah, he's going to interfere. I don't care. I watched it. Aerosol Madness. Don Kelly. Yeah. I don't Don want Kelly. this TV show. This is a bad TV show. It's a terrible TV show. Don <laughs> Kelly, who was fired by Tommy Dreamer from Impact. Yes, he was. Uh, I thought we mentioned this, that he has been released. No, from, he was? Yeah, he's been re- released from um, from his uh, creative duties with Impact. He's no longer involved financially or creatively with Impact. And then they fired him on the show. Uh, t- you know, like storyline wise. So, see ya. Tommy yeah. Dreamer's third chin fired him on the. Tommy Dreamer's got quite the head of hair right now. It's impressive mullet he's got going on there. Dude, he's, I don't know what the fuck's going on with that guy, man. He's having fun. All right, how about the Orange uh, the Orange Cassidy match? That was pretty good. Against yeah, Benami. yeah, that was good. That was I fun. Like, he's a guy that I think, I know they have live crowds, but not really. Like I feel like when they go back on tour, I'm excited to see how over Orange Cassidy gets. They're, they, the wingman of this group, it's Ryan Namath and Peter Avalon and Cesar Bernoni, and every time Orange Cassidy uh, gets fired out of the ring, they're like beauty him up. They're they're spraying spray tan all over him. So yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you this though. I mean, is this is this a, like we talk about factions in AEW? I mean, is this a group of dudes that really needs a fucking faction? The fucking library guy. Listen, is listen. A faction. I think it's working. It's like a good mid card shitty faction that's going to lose all the time. Because Caesar Bononi is like this giant dude and genu- like yeah. genuinely scary looking. Yes. But man, he caught that orange punch and he dropped like a piece of plywood. Yeah. Was, he sold so, that shit perfectly. His arms were at his side and he just took a drop. It was great. Peter Allen his head like he's dead. Yes. They're falling victim of the fact that yeah, I mean, okay, that makes perfect sense that they're a mid card faction that's just gonna make just gonna show their asses every time they're out there, get the shit beat out of them, look like fools. That works. But when you have five thousand factions it loses its luster. Yeah. I, don't, I think the faction loses its luster, but I think that when it comes down to it, some of them are going to rise to the top and become more popular no, get than it. others. And I think that this one might be the one because they're fun to watch. They come on, uh, they're jackasses, and they're fun. I think it's like that... they got big Brizongo energy. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, they're yeah. Tyler Breeze I, all over the place. It's great. I think they. I think that once again, like just same thing with WWE, we're going to go to a live setting where it's different cities. And I think they're going to be very surprised by what people are cheering for and yeah. what they're not interested in. And I think the more you go around the country, I think, first of all, I think I wouldn't be surprised if it's the same fucking fans in that goddamn building every week. Right. I guarantee you there is a handful of fans in that building that go Every single fucking week. You're talking and about then everybody Daly's else. Place. You're talking about Daly's, Daly's place. Yeah. yeah, it's the same fucking people. Same doors. Um, yeah, same people go every week. I bet you. Like, and then you get probably get a lot of other people that are like, oh, I, I didn't realize that this was like this is the bar that it's all regulars and they treat everybody else like shit. Right. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like a really, and they're going to go on the road and the big pops are going to be, I mean, not orange Cassidy gets one now, but the big pops are going to be orange Cassidy. Maybe these other goofballs with Cesar Benoni are going to be big pop, but Cody Rhodes. No, he's going to get booed, dude. 
fucking Cody Rhodes. I mean, like, it's one thing when you're in your homeland. It's one thing when you're in your homeland. But when you come up to Philly, it gets rough. I'm going to tell you right right now, guys, we have to make a pact. We can we can say no to Ring of Honor. No, but AEW. When AEW comes to Philly, we are fucking going. Oh, hold on. Here's the other. Here's the difference too between Ring of Honor and AEW. To me, as far as going, AEW, as poorly as it's written, has legitimate stars. Mm-hmm. If they're charging, I don't know what they're charging. But let's just give it a number. If it's fifty dollars, it was ticket, eight bucks last time. I, came I know, but I'm just saying. Like if yeah. they're charging, if they're charging, oh, my Uber costs is, more money than the tickets. Yeah, this is this is. I mean, I've already relegated myself to worst seats available and for fucking a AEW, but. Like, say the tickets are $50, right? $50 to go yell shit and hang out with your friends and see uh, Andrade? And, that's worth it to And me. Penta El Look at the fuck, and, and, and Penta and fucking Miro and fucking Pac and fucking all these guys. That's worth it to me. Yeah. Fuck everybody else. And you know what it's going to be. It's going to be, you know. I mean, I already promised another friend of ours that if they – that if he comes with us, I promised him I will scream the lyrics to Judas in his ear oh, one no, day. No, no. <laughs> right, I did that. I, I went to the Leacor Center and uh, the first time that they came, at, and there was behind me there was a guy and his girlfriend, and then a group of probably four or six guys that were like having fun the whole show, laughing, like saying shit. Probably twenty five minutes left in the show. This guy. With his girlfriend next to him, turns around and goes, "Will you guys just shut the fuck up? You've been talking the entire time. You're ruining the fucking show." That's who the AEW like actual fans that they think their fans are are these weirdos that don't want anyone to talk because they're like talking over fucking QT Marshall. <laughs> I will tell you right now. I predict. Oh, speaking of QT Marshall, was fucking terrible on the show. Uh, I predict if that happens to us, I will look at that person dead in the eyes and say, "Shut the fuck up." <laughs> and then they'll move their seats. <laughs> I have one more point for AW this week. Okay. You guys ready for it? Shoot. Okay. So um, they do this whole Brock Anderson thing, and they're like, oh, he's in the ring, and oh, look, he's with his dad, and isn't this a great moment? No, it fucking sucks. This whole thing sucks. And then they quickly cut away to um, Lance Archer stomping around. <laughs> Uh, yes, he's stomping yeah, around yeah. real angry. So Saki Danake has to take Jake the Snake has to take the mic, and he's like, "Look around, he's in there. I got a man who's just trying to he's trying to lose it." And then and then uh, 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 Lance Archer goes Rah! and walks away, and he goes Saki Danake goes, "Ooh, I gotta go!" And as soon as he said, "I gotta go," I immediately <laughs> said, "I gotta go poopies," and he left. That's all I got. Well, you know, you know. Listen, uh, Lance Archer could have been a doctor, but he ain't got no patience. Oh, you got this written down. <laughs> no, I don't. He, oh, good, he said good, it. Good. I don't have it written down. Good, Sake good. said that. Good, good, good. That's all he said? No, that was it. He was like, the man, the man could have been a doctor, but he, but he no ain't got no patience. All right, Dad. Thanks. <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, look, look. I give, I give, I give Sake and Nake a wide berth now after fucking the Sam Houston documentary, <laughs> the Sam Houston DUI documentary. I know he's been getting a wide berth for me since he's been in AEW, and especially once his snake got killed by Miro, I felt really bad for him. Although oh, he probably God. killed about 150 snakes in his fucking career. Ugh. Ugh. If 
if this goes where it seems like it's going and Archer's going to snap on Jake the Snake, I forget what Lance Archer's finisher's called where he like puts you in that lifted crucifix and then slams you onto oh, your God, back. I hope he doesn't raise his edge. Like, I hope. If, if he does that to Saki, then that guy won't say anything bad about AEW for two weeks if, if, Poor, if we get that no, spot. I don't want him to die. Any time, listen, there, there's a deal. If he does that to Saki and Nake for the following two weeks, every bad thing you have to say, you have to just replace it. Oh, and then Lance Archer gave the Razor's Edge it's or whatever it is. Killed, Sake killed Sake and Nake. And then we'll move on to the next thing. Yes. That's all and I got. By the way, yeah, I'm looking at. Uh, so they're back at Daly's this Saturday night now this week. Yeah, Saturday. I mixed up We're last week, and this. I said it was Saturday last week. It's actually Saturday this week. We were talking about the echo chamber and the same people going every week. Hundreds of of standard tickets for sale. You could go. You could sit wherever you want. Not resale tickets on Ticketmaster. Hundreds right. of open seats for just that tiny little place. That tells you all you need to know about what they're doing. Their uh, ratings went up like by 50,000 and uh, Alvarez and, and the Melts were fucking clapping and saying, this is the greatest. What a great move. This is fantastic. Oh, Melter, Melter said to uh, he, he admitted that people text him five star ratings oh. during the, oh, yeah. d- during yes, the matches. And he said that the, the average five star rating of the Wardlow versus Hager match was 4.25 stars. 4.25 stars. We're texting. What the fuck is wrong with you? Shut up, you fucking liar. The people texting him was... liar. The people texting him were... uh, Cousin Debbie. No, it was was Cousin Debbie. She don't watch wrestling. She watches tennis. Um, She watches... Oh, so he's like... She watches Federer. That's it. No, it was uh, Mr. M. Jackson. It was Mr. N. Jackson. It was... uh, Twitter account Omega uh, uh, <laughs> Fallen Angel Omega. It was, uh, you know, it was. You know, I don't buy any of it. This so, is now that I'm yeah. looking at this too. I just realized as you're talking. Sorry, this Daly's place. They have the seating chart open. It's all open on the non-TV side, right? Like where they don't film. So I guarantee you what they do is they block off the tickets. And at first, everybody that buys a ticket has to sit on what's going to be on TV right. that yeah, they can get their angles definitely. in. And well, then cam, they open up the head. Because hard cam for AEW faces the stage. So. So they. Yeah. So, well, it's like it it's looks anything, like it's, it's probably the, bowl, bottom, yeah. the bottom. It's bowl. like the right side. Right. If, I'm look, if you're looking at it from the, the ramp. Like, right. Where where so, Shivani and those guys sit on that side of the ring. So they probably sold out whatever they needed to get to on uh, their shot on TV, and now they open up the other half of the the place the week off, and then you could sit wherever you want. Every seat's open. Oh my god! Nobody's going to this shit. Nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, you know who cares? Under five hundred thousand people care every week. Yeah. And we watch for your entertainment, listeners. We watch so you don't have to. Yes. That's our tagline. All right. All right. So um, do we have anything coming up next week that we have to watch besides the retro? I would say uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Kushida. Yes. Well, the, the regular shows, but I mean, no pay-per-views. Oh, I need pay-per-views. No. Yeah. Thank God. No. I can come home and go to bed Wait, on Sunday. Hold on. In two weeks, we get the FMW pay-per-view. July 4th is in two weeks. Oh, my God. 
I can't Let's wait for, the, for old men to bleed everywhere and burn. I'm excited for this FMW show. It's going to be ridiculous. John Moxley's showing up, I heard. I just made that up. Is he? No, yeah. I just made that up. All right, no, I heard that. All right. On that note. Yes. Thanks for joining us this week. Join us every week here at Wrestling is Hard. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Hard Number Four Wrestling. Subscribe and follow. We got lots of new followers. I'm sorry I don't post more often. I have a life. Tell your friends. I'm Brandon, Chris. I'm Jim. We'll be back here next week. Chris, did I tell you that I took six classes in various mixed martial arts? Six classes. Well, I mean that not various mixed martial arts. You took six mixed martial arts classes. No, 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 no. Six yeah. each. Yeah, right. So that's there's no actually like you weren't they they are when you mix them all together they become a mixed martial art a various martial arts I didn't say yeah, mixed oh, various various mixed martial arts no. <laughs> maybe I did say that bye bye thanks for joining us and see us here next week bye bye. <laughs>